Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, this is the aerial assassin Will Osprey coming from you live from the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And you are listening to WrestleCast Radio. Hope you guys are having a good day. God bless. Mr. Young, I'd like to get a training update from you. Life coach, training has been great. I ran five miles today. Run. As your life coach, I don't allow you to run. But coach, I got to get my cardio in. What am I supposed walk, to do? Walk, walk. Walk, walk. Walk briskly. Walk briskly? So you don't want me to ever run? Maybe. Just maybe if you miss the bus. I stopped running in 1978. <laughs> wow, that was way before I was born. But I've got I, your car keys here. Coach. And it's going to take you eight hours to walk to the next town. Eight hours? Coach, why are you... Hey, dig oh. deep. If you get there too fast, I'll know you ran. I'm here to set the record straight today. I want to tell everybody in WCW why I was called terrorizing. I was brought here as a boy from France to be educated in the best schools in the United States. And I got the name by beating up all the American punks in the schools. I was given the nickname Terrorizing. Well now, I am no longer a boy. I am Jean-Paul Levesque, the greatest professional wrestler in the world today. Remember the name, Jean-Paul Levesque. There's a lot of things going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now. And yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it and stir it up a little bit. A lot of people have been saying, what's been going on, Rooster? Well, everything's going on. The World Wrestling Federation is number one. And yes, the Red Rooster's trying to claw his way to the top of this federation. There's a lot of great talent around here, and I'll tell you why. Because the fans are the greatest. I thank each and every one of you Rooster Boosters, because with your support and my Rooster Wing Hold, I don't feel like there's a guy here that I can't beat. Yukon John Nord, his partner Scott Norton, and I'll tell you what, Yukon, you made quick work at a big spike. Hey, let's set up. My partner, Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the Yukon. We got up early one morning, and we was chopping trees and chopping wood, and Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. My name is Thurman Plugs, but my friends, they call me Sparky. You call me Sparky, too. I never really worked with Hulk Hogan that much. I don't know him that well. I know you guys did in WCW. What can you tell me about the Hulk? You mean personally? Yeah, personally. Well, Mick, I didn't date him. I don't know anything about personally, but... I'm in control here. And you're going to give me what I want. You know what it is. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. You're going to give me what I want, or I'm going to continue to hurt people you love. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Ladies and gentlemen, Randy Bryant. The last two long years is finally over. And a long, long wait. You're going down this time, Bill. You're going down. We'll be back.
a few days. It's been like what nine, ten days. I apologize. It's been a while, but damn it, we're back, Alex. What's going on, man? Episode one thirty. I mean, we you. did drop that that three hour opus, so I mean, it, it's <laughs> relative. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's yeah, yeah. I, I I started a new job. What do you guys? What do you want from me, people? Um, but we're going to, we're going to get to a schedule. We're going to get this thing situated. I'm actually trying to access my schedule for next week right now on my computer. I, I figured out how to backdoor into the computer from home. So Whoa. maybe I can try to get a, a, everything figured out for next week, uh, right off the bat here for you. <laughs> well, to be fair, there is a lot of wrestling as crazy enough. There was, uh, a little bit, not as much as this weekend, but, uh, last weekend, uh, you, you blessed us, or I should say uh, GCW blessed us with a show that, uh, spoiler alert, might be on my uh, show of the year list. Oh! Wow! So, when, um, when, uh, uh when you said that, <laughs> sorry, I, was, I, I just saw your text now when I was going to read it, and I just said, I realized I had to read more than just what you said, so I stopped and went back into the oh. zone here. <laughs> um, so, you um you said I, I could only watch, and then I had to stop. Um, Correct. So, that makes me wonder, I guess, how, so how, how, you know, okay, let me do this. Let me, I, I, where's my, uh. It Where's looks my like a, a star is born with one Luke Hadley, but also uh, <laughs> another one with Alex Zane uh, as well, uh, along with uh, Tony Depp and Shining, as always. But man, the backyard, they, they had a 4th of July backyard wrestling event, uh, GCW <laughs> Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, it was on Fight TV. Definitely well worth the, the $13.99 or wherever you can find it. Uh, Please find it because I, you know me, backyard wrestling, you know, the, you know, all of that. I always poo-pooed on, you know, over the years, you know. Oh, Just, God, yeah. It was not my cup of tea, you know. I was like, why would you do that for, for pennies on the no dollar? Uh, but these guys, man, it was entertaining as all hell. And again, maybe from watching that excellent Viceland documentary series, The Wrestlers, and, you know, watching that DDT episode, and they're just saying, hey, man, just let it go. I'm in a calmer place in my life right now, so I'm just letting it go tranquilo, if you will. And uh, <laughs> after I did that, I I almost turned it off after the first couple of matches because I was like, well, you can't beat uh, – uh, again, a newcomer in my eyes, but uh, a, a legend in the backyard business, Claude Amaro. A- after seeing that guy, I was like, well, how can you beat that? El Schlocko and Luke Hadley definitely had me on my uh, edge of the couch there. So very excited to talk about some GCW. <laughs> um, poor, poor Japanese men. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man! I'm, I'm, I, that woke me up because that was funny. Do you? Okay, so we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot. We have the night one of the the G one. Um, G one happened. Spoiler alert! This 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 is on my show of the year ballot. I'll just say that right now. Spoiler oh, alert! Yeah. Um, we have GCW's backyard wrestling, which was the zaniest shit I have ever seen. Like I'm. 
Like, did you? Okay, so did you end up finishing this this show? Sorry, I think, did I? Think I, lost, I, just, I just did you? Did, caffeine. <laughs> did okay? So so you didn't see Jimmy Lloyd and G Raver. Well, because, again, I started the event, and I was like, how the hell is this three and a half hours? There's like seven matches advertised. So after the, uh, well, we'll we'll talk about a a certain match, the stunt brothers taking on each other. Um, I kind of stopped it because the Chad came out, and I was like, all right, man. I watched two hours. The Chad and Matt Dermores or whatever, that dude did moves. I, I that Matt Demoris guy was doing like make up made up wrestling moves that I have never seen in my entire life, and I was popping so hard. <laughs> I was like, "What is he? How did he do? I've never seen that." Well, then, so I stopped then we with had, that match, which uh-huh. I'm excited to now watch that. So I didn't watch that, and then I was like, "What else is on here? Are they just drinking and talking in the ring, you know, with light tubes for an hour and a half extra?" Well, then they had a looping promo video for like the upcoming GCW events, which hey, it's fine. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, "Crap!" Nick Gage, who hell of a commentator, by the way, which we'll get into. Uh, but but hard ass Nick. It came out to the ring, and I was like, wait, what? So I fast-forwarded the chat of Matt DeMorris, watched the uh, the hard-ass Nick versus Lord of the Effin uh, Yard. <laughs> Woo! Murder, death, kill, kill, indeed. And then all of a sudden, I, I there was a triple threat match. Didn't watch that because I saw Karina was in the, uh, in the match up there. So I fast-forwarded that-ish. And then all of a sudden, I said, oh, I think I should watch this Jimmy. Lloyd and returning from a concussion, G Raver, and boy, did that not uh, disappoint as well. That's oh how you uh, send the people happy or get the cops uh, called to the house. That was totally, like the cops came, and then also Jimmy Lloyd's driving a car into a pool. <laughs> He's got his chunks ripped out of his arm. They're duct taping his arm back. G Raver, ah, I just got a concussion. The hell with it. Kills himself through do- like three doors. <laughs> yeah, climbs a ladder to the roof of the house. Second roof spot of the night, by the way. Uh, Swanton's just because there's no way in hell that it's going to hit Jimmy Lloyd uh, because he was underneath the scaffold of doors that two older gentlemen were creating during the match. And then, yeah, just flips the shit over. Goes down and then Jimmy Lloyd gets the pin because why not? <laughs> and he's bleeding from every orifice on his arm from those light tube spots. Man, okay, so we got that. Um, we got a preview fight for the Fallen and Extreme Rules. I think we do results in a segment. We do previews in a segment, and then we got a ton of news with with uh, Alex's rapid news that he uh, has been putting together over the last couple months that is one of my favorite things that we do. I think we should sandwich that in between preview results and result preview. So do you want to preview these two shows coming up, or do you want to just go right into this backyard show? I think we go right into the backyard because, holy crap, I'm excited now. Uh, about, uh, I mean, Game Changer Wrestling, they're doing so much crazy-ish out there that just works because it's that indie feeling, but with a budget, if that makes sense. Yeah, and what's what's cool about it is, like, 
like you had mentioned going into this, I, I looked at this. I'm like, there's like four trampolines, a ring with no aprons, a pool. This is going to be a shit show. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? For what they're doing, it's just that goofy that I'm actually enjoying it. Like oh, the only God. thing that was missing was Teddy Hart. Like I just, I, if Teddy Hart would have been there, I would have, oh, that's perfect. Um, and they all, all these guys went under their like backyard wrestling gimmicks, which was the other funny yeah. thing if they had one. So we open up with what most people would think, uh, Ophidian taking on Joe Gacy is actually a lucky Pierre taking on Psycho <laughs> Joe. Which I have no idea who these people are, but again, made me fan. Yeah, this was fun. There was some cool uh, Lucky Pierre springing off trampoline, hitting Hurricane Ranas with Canadian. Dist- like, I was like, damn, they're doing some goofy stuff. This is fun. Um, you know, it was simple. It, it was a good taste to what was going to happen here uh, a couple matches later. But I was like, all right, I can buy into this. Uh, Lucky Pierre gets the victory over Psycho Joe. I realized while I was scrambling, I didn't take any notes or grade any of this because I didn't know what I was getting into. So I'm literally going off of results page, and I don't remember. I, I remember, but I don't remember if that makes sense. So forgive me if I'm a little short on some of these. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, I mean, Lucky Pierre. Okay. <laughs> so what do you got on the opener, Alex? You're, you're the point man today. Again, with the Joe and Lucky Pierre, which I just put as a masked man until I realized, oh, they're talking about the guy with the mask as Lucky Pierre. Um, <laughs> when I saw the stupid right away onto the trampoline, I was like, holy ish. Um, the Hurricane Rana that they hit, because there's a trailer, because it's a barbecue. So there's trailers, there's coolers, there's grills, there's pools, there's trampolines, as Ryan stated. Floaties, what People, have you? Doors galore. Yeah. Like where? Yeah. And where? By the way, where did you get those doors from? Uh, doors. Uh, that's a great question. Someone must work at Home Depot and got them out the back door. Uh, the back door discount there. But also, no gimmick chairs. As I love how they talked about that throughout the uh, throughout the night. Or day. Oh my gosh! And, and like every time they're like, "Give me a door. Go get me a door." Yeah. Like, okay. Look at a door Here's now. Here's a door. <laughs> <laughs> must have got a Mac cost, but uh, no, a lot of chair shots, you know, and you know, with some of these, you know, because again, you're suplexing into pools. You're doing a hurricane ranas on a trampoline. Yes, it's 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 the aspect of holy ish. This is actually happening. I mean, when when Pierre hit that blockbuster from the trampoline into the pool. I was just like, I'm in. That's the spot that hooked me. Then he pins him in the pool, and then he kicks out. Psycho Joe kicked out. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Just suspend all your uh, your, your beliefs and, and just enjoy the ride. Um, plus, you got Nick F. Engage on commentary, man. In the beginning, he was, you know, he wasn't into his mic. He was just kind of, you know, jabbering here and there, like, oh, yes, ref sucks. And, you know, all of a sudden. But then all of a sudden, he's like, no, this ref really sucks. He's not at the spot. You know, just criticizing everything <laughs> and everyone, talking to fans, and then telling fans and wrestlers, don't come up to me at the commentary table. You know, it was just the craziest <laughs> cluster, but it just worked so well. 
Hurricane Rana onto the chair by, uh, by Lucky Pierre there, uh, which also, then he hits the elbow, gets the victory there. Uh, but then, you know, as Nick Gage says at the end, he's like, man, that Lucky Pierre, he's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> I love the whole uh, when he's like, if I, ever, man, if I ever get in that ring, I'm going to punch that ref in the face. He is a piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> he's like, I was wrestling in the ocean at Warp Tour, and he screwed up my count there, too. I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> I was like, whoa. So they and made they, reference they, to him in the ocean. So tell a little more, bit more about that if you know anything. So, that so, at, so at Warp, they were at Warp Tour. And while being at Warp Tour, uh, GCW had like a like a wrestling show, I think there, or a match or something. And he and I don't remember who he wrestled, but they like fought off of the like where the Warp Tour was down the beach, and like started fighting like by the rocks to go into the Atlantic Ocean. And like that's where Nick Gage wow. beat somebody. Was like. Like they were fighting with like the tide pulling them into the Atlantic Ocean, and the referee <laughs> screwed up the finish. <laughs> it's like Man, no that guy. I'll, I'll punch him in the face. MDK. He deserves a few tubes to the head. Um, <laughs> but then after that, we get uh, kid suicide coming out to Lincoln Park, which not that I yeah. say that out loud. Interesting. Uh, taken on Claude Morrow, which he was by another name, I believe. But apparently yeah. a uh, backyard wrestling legend. Can you explain kind of the, the history of one Claude Morrow? Or is it uh, Claude Morrow, I believe, was actually, and I think maybe even Kid Suicide, they were in the second backyard wrestling game, or the first one, the Don't Try This at Home, that was uh, <laughs> was came out on the PlayStation 2. But uh, wow. Morrow is ruckus, uh, part of Blackout with uh, Black Jez and uh, I can't remember who else was in was in uh, was in Blackout. I should look real quick. But ruckus, ruckus. Uh, PWG like California type guy. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he came out with his own sound band, by the way, Rob Styles. Which again, Nick Gage props to the commentary because he's like, you don't know Rob Styles. Rob Styles brings all the best stuff to the parties. Brings all the best <laughs> weed. And he's, he's like, how do you not know Rob Styles? See the other commentator, which I'm assuming is the GCW president, who was also the announcer. Yep. Um, but uh, some crazy stuff in this. This match, of course, had cool. wrestling. And it had your, your flipping moonsaults um, onto the grass. Morrow's a big dude. But, man, he is agile as all hell. He can move. Um, of course, there was a spot with the door breaking uh, where it kind of broke as he kind of sat on it, uh, you know, kind of at the finish there where Janela then, uh, you know, kind of hits that blind senton as an homage to another backyard wrestler there from the uh, the top rope there. But I did love the shout out to the Juggalos and the Juggalettes, uh, uh, hashtag <laughs> Fago. Uh, but no, the, the rolling suplex spots that Merrill did was awesome. Um, and then the, uh, what was it? The running Claude Amaro driver is what I like to call it to uh, breaking the door. A lot of, of, again, fun wrestling into this match. Um, and then, of course, Rob Styles getting his with uh, Kid Suicide, a.k.a. the birthday boy that day, one bad boy, Joey Janela. So uh, East Coast, not West Coast. I, I was wrong with that. See there, he's more CZW Chikara. 
um, Maryland Championship Wrestling, stuff out there. Um, Ruckus, Robbie Moreno, and Black Jez right now are the current members of Blackout. They've been a stable since 2004. But here's a, wow. here's a list of former, former members uh, that you might recognize. Human Tornado, uh, Ricky Reyes, Jack Evans, Too Cold Scorpio, Slick oh. Wagner Brown, uh, Rich Swan, Alex Colon, uh, and obviously one you'll know, uh, Eddie Kingston. So they've been running rough shot for years. And man, are they still he, he with was, CCW then? Ah, baby. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see. There isn't much on here what I'm going off of, so I, I'm probably going to look into that more. I mean, not like we'll ever talk ruckus, I'm sure, again, sadly. Maybe <laughs> 10 years ago we would have, but I mean, five-time CZW heavyweight champion, seven-time tag Whoa. champ, four-time junior champ. Um, he was the Big Japan uh, Big Japan junior champ uh, way back really? in the day. <laughs> yeah. he, um, he, he defeated uh, Johnny Cashmere in Yokohama um, uh, or Trent Trent Acid, and then he lost it back to Trent Acid. Um, hmm. Men's Tail was a champion of that title back in the day. Tajiri was the first champ. Only it was only a championship for four years. So, but uh, yeah, Ruckus. I was like, what the hell? I haven't seen Ruckus in years when he came out. So that was kind of cool. So it was a it was a surprise then for you. I'm probably yeah, I had no idea Ruckus was on that show. Um, but then <laughs> your guy. Luke Hadley Ooh. defeats uh, El Schlacko, uh, Mr. Schlack himself. <laughs> okay, here he, this was this was my first thought when I saw this match was, whose friend is this, this yes, Luke Hadley guy, <laughs> and why is El Schlacko? I'm like, well, first off, why is he facing Schlack? Because this guy's a, a truck, and he beat the shit out of him. Like, there was no faking anything. He beat this Luke Hadley guy up like it was a rib. Like, this was some dude that they brought in that they were going to book, and then they went all, like, mass transit on him, like, like, <laughs> new jet, dude. And then, then he finally gets his spot where uh, Nick, uh, Nate Webb comes out, and he shoots woman candles or whatever at him and he shoots himself in the face it was a like a crossbow of fireworks <laughs> and he hits himself and the, and this the- guy's like dead as it is and he's just like six inches from his face eating fireworks takes oh, three in the mouth literally the first one shoots him right in the face and I was like wait is is that a work was that supposed to happen how stupid can you be? To be fair, he was in the bushes for about five minutes, uh, a la to the old uh, game we used to play in Park Forest, uh, where it was called, can Alex uh, push you in the bushes? Nine times out of ten, yes. Can you push Alex in the bushes? Nine times, no. Ten times out of ten, no. Still have yet to be pushed in the bushes. But anyways, so to be <laughs> fair, he took a, a flying elbow, I believe, that was on fire, the forearm. Schlacko lit his forearm on fire and then just elbows Luke Hadley through a table and he kicks out. With the fireworks. Then he points him to, to El Schlacko, gets El Schlacko in the face there, 
And then, you know, essentially he unmasks him, which uh, I had no idea who it was, gets a Hurricane Rana, gets the victory. It's your classic underdog, uh, underdog win, underdog story. But, yeah, he got the living hell beaten out of him for 99% of the match. Dude, I I just kept watching going, they are just, just annihilating this guy. Like I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the beating this guy. Like I seriously was like, this dude obviously, like owes somebody some money, or there's some kind of a rib, or something happened where, you know, he he did something with somebody's sister or something. Like I was just like, dude, somebody tell me what's going on. <laughs> but I just love how Schlacko comes out double fisting beers through the mask. For probably about the first five minutes until he finally gets uh, Hadley into a uh, Boston Crab. Awesome. Yeah. Why was that the stiffest Boston Crab ever? Like, I was like, oh, this this is just a squash. This guy's just going to tap mm-hmm. out real fast. And then they're oh, like, no, no. he beat him for 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, then we get. I legit went like four and a quarter on this next one, Alex. Alex Zane. Uh. Tony Deppin, who uh, apparently is for sure coming back, they said. Janela with his white cloth yep. um, announced that one. <laughs> his Budweiser shirts. And he, uh, I mean, the, the, the stuff these guys were doing, there was a flipping senton in between the top and middle rope that led to a Canadian destroyer from said flipping senton. Um, th- there was that, like, 900 through the table out there. Gotcha. Where Alex Zane goes for a shooting star press off the top of the the trailer that they brought the ring in, only to have Tony Depp and whip a chair at his head and he almost lands on a brick. Um, <laughs> this this match was just awesome. And like, I mean, Deppin was doing, Deppin and Zane were taking some bumps on the aprons. They were, mm-hmm. I mean, this was a awesome this was one of those things where like like i had said you know a year and a half ago last no about a year ago a little over a year ago last june actually um with kadaka and and takeda it wasn't as violent but it was like this is a great wrestling match that has hardcore elements into it this oh is yeah awesome. i match is great what did you what did you think of this star making performance for alex zane and I gotta, I gotta ask you, what does this do for our guy Tony Deppin? I mean, I, I think it elevates him. It it elevates Deppin to a, to another level. I mean, he's you know getting more, and it seems like more and more bookings. Um, hell, he's facing uh, uh, the the dancing guy from from Two Five Live at a GCW show. That's like the main event there, um, or was from Two Five Live. The guy, the Impact Champ. But anyways, um. This was an amazing match. I honestly have have this. I put at the end of my notes, match of the year candidate. Because honestly, it truly was. They utilized everything. Trees, trailers, dives, and doors, Ryan. Like you said, they he hit a 450 cannonball dive onto Tony Deppin. Deppin was, <laughs> was brutalizing him throughout the match with his strikes, wrestling moves, uh, submissions, 
But Zayn, man, because, I, again, I thought this was a squash. You know, the purple hair. We know how much Tony Deppin hates purple. Uh, you know, but, but once they kind of, you know, got onto <laughs> that trailer, um, you know, essentially screaming, I have a wife, you know, before, you know, he, he gets his hands crushed. I was like, holy sh- Nikes, they're, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And they did. Um when he does the springboard from the trampoline, hitting that middle rope and, and, and then nailing Deppin, insane. And like you said, that destroyer spot, just everything and anything you would want into a, a wrestling match. Again, backyard elements, wrestling elements, hardcore elements, everything worked here. Please seek out this show. But if there's one gem besides Luke Hadley and El Schlacko, it definitely is Alex Zane and Tony Deppin. Zane, again, what's crazy about GCW Ryan is they 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 make new stars. Yeah, it's yes, they do. That's a really good point. <laughs> I mean, you have Deppin, you have Janella, because it just seems like they just let them do their thing. And you know, of course, a lot of it has to do with the wrestlers themselves, obviously. But they just keep showcasing them, you know, into you know, it, into these matches, into whether it's a zany or actual techni- technicality of a match. And, and this was definitely a highlight. Now, they also, I would say, helped a Marco stunt, but we'll get into that uh, after uh, Diablo uh, making his way out uh, to take on Jordan Oliver and his crew. <laughs> yeah, this is a four-on-one, essentially. Uh, Shane Mercer... Guy we kind of marked out a little bit for during uh, spring break last year, uh, wrestling as Diablo. Uh, you know, it's a glorified four-on-one. The, the muscle guy starts fighting back. He ends up – he I think if I remember, he belly-to-bellied some guy into, like, the neighbor's shrubs, and he didn't see this dude for, like, ten minutes. Or he's just <laughs> gone. Like, I was like, I don't know if that dude fell down a hill. Or where that guy was. I can't believe I'm, I'm reviewing a show at thinking a guy fell down a hill. I just thought about that. Like, <laughs> hmm, you know, one of the one of the unspoiled kids or whatever the hell they were called. And then Jordan Oliver's like, screw this. And he takes off. <laughs> Diablo chases him. Now they they go inside of the neighbor's house. And, I, and, like, the cameraman's like, I'm not going in there. So now we're just looking at a house. To which... Um, we see Jordan Oliver coming out on the roof through the window upstairs. Diablo chases him. Now his three cohorts are out there. I'm like, oh, there's the shrub guy. He's back. And then he gets <laughs> thrown off the house and all of his buddies. And they barely catch this dude. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> so he hits the ground. I'm expecting when um the the old backyard wrestling clip where this dude does the uh, the the emerald fusion off of a roof through a table. He just starts going, Oh, oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> oh shit, dude. I can't breathe. Like that's what I thought was going to happen with this guy. And then as, as he's like squirming and his buddies are like, Oh God, we're hurt too. You just see in the background, Shane Mercer just slowly start trying to fit through this window he got out of. And then he just comes out the back door. And I was like, all right, I've seen everything. I have seen everything. Um, Diablo gets him in the ring, finishes him off. But I mean, it was—I don't know, man. What did, what did you think? This is—it was like they—it was—they got up to that top floor quick. 
He got back outside quick, obviously, Jordan Oliver a little quicker, uh, you know, being gorilla pressed from the top of the of the house, essentially. But even the spot, you know, showcasing the strength. I mean, Shane Mercer, this guy, he's the prototype wrestler. If you think about it, he's big, he's strong. But again, he's he can move. He's agile. He's, you know, as strong as a John Cena as. Know, three of you know the three buddies of uh, Jordan Oliver here were all on the uh, turnbuckles. He goes one by one, you know, and and pretty much puts them on his back there. Back body drops all three of them uh, before uh, you know he he does that flipping fall away slam, uh, you know, kind of from the middle rope there to to finish Oliver off there. But this guy, if he doesn't get a look, you know, from you know one of one of the bigger companies, I you know. That's a damn shame because if Wardlow is getting a look, which I, you know, kind of seen live, I, I think Shane Mercer <laughs> should be uh, way above of, uh, you know, kind of the units out there, the, the different companies, they should be on this, on their radar because Shane Mercer or Diablo, whichever character you want to go with, uh, <laughs> can definitely uh, kick some ass and, and chew bubble gum. Uh, but I thought Jordan Oliver, when him and his crew came in, I was like, oh, it's the Rascals. I get it. Um, and I thought this was going to be a squash, but that's was the exciting thing about the show, Ryan. Every match, because again, I knew three people onto the show. Six, you know, compared when I didn't know these matches were going to happen, but I knew about three people, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I thought everything was going to be a squash, a couple of minutes here and there, but these all, it seemed like, went 15 plus uh, of of mayhem and destruction. Because, again, he threw a kid off of a roof. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was the, the best part, too, is it looked like he just, like, he like okay, Shane Mercer's just fighting some kid. Oh, he just threw this kid off a building. Like, <laughs> it was just like, all right, dude, well, that's in him. We, we appreciate being I mean, Oliver being had there. some good spots, though. I mean, he, he's no slouch, as I thought he was going to be. Because, um, again, when you could take kind of moves like that, but... Uh, what what are your overall thoughts on Shane Mercer? Do you think he could be, you know, kind of on that next level within the next couple of years? He's the kind of guy where I think a company like Ring of Honor should take a chance on him with the problems they're having. You know, see see what he could do wrestling some of these other guys. Get him in your top prospects tournament, kind of like where you developed guys like Donovan Dijak from, things like that, um, and see what he could do. You know, he had he was fun in the stuff we watched over spring breakout. So, yeah, I think I think he's a guy that could get a chance. Fair enough. He definitely is not not he's not polished. I mean, he definitely has a lot of work to do. But he's he's got a physique, and you can you can train him. You can try to get him going. So, yeah, I give him a look. Why not? Uh, then the next match happened. Ryan has it already as. His worst match of the year, stunts versus stunts, Marco versus Logan, Ryan, take it away. Oof. So I was I was really like, this could be really fun. Um, I was excited to see Logan's stunt work. Um, you know, Marco's stunt we were blown away by with him against Kyle the Beast. And yep. to be fair, I've been kind of starting to get off of that train. I can't lie. It, it was fun the first time, but I'm just kind of like, all right, it is what it is. 
you know, right person though. He's had some good like stuff with Janela was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was I was looking forward to this. Um, little did I know, two, four, six. Um, I would add this as my seventh nominee for the worst match of 2019. <laughs> this sucked. This sucked hard. Um, actually, eighth match. I forgot to add Undertaker Goldberg to this list. I, I didn't Ooh. think I forgot. Is that um, number one? Is that polling one? Right now, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at about a four way tie. Or I got about my four nominees because I think the Falabon Kevin Matthews against the Desi Hit Squad is right up there. Um, the Brittany Devore versus Jay Lee from Ohio Valley Wrestling's uh, episode number ten eighteen. Uh, don't ask me why I was watching Ohio Valley Wrestling. Probably because I got that gem off of it. Um, the Taker Goldberg, this match too. I mean, if I got around a fifth into it, I mean, maybe Naito, Taichi, maybe Ishimori Skrull. Um, Becky Charlotte from Fastlane sucked. Um, but none of, none of those matches. Oh, I, I got Lucha Bros and Heart Foundation that turned into a shoot. Uh, that was pretty yeah. But I mean, it's this was bad. And they tried to make it so like, oh, we're going to beat each other because we're brothers. And they were just like unnecessarily hitting each other stupid yeah. hard. Like people, people talk about a gimmick chair that was sawed off to the size of a cookie sheet, we find out. Um, <laughs> obviously, that doesn't hurt, um, which I don't, I, I'm not going to even get into because I got some more thoughts on that that I, I'll save for later today because I don't want to be negative. But. Um, it was just like they, they're trying to do like light tube spots, and then they like bump the thing, and then the light tubes roll off, and then mm-hmm. trying to do another move, and they're not selling, and they're just kind of lumbering around, and then they go back to hitting each other, and they're trying to put over this strong style with all these chops, and then one of them pushed out on the chops, so they had to redo yep. the chop. And then, like, I'm watching this going, this looks like two 12-year-old kids just hitting each other. I was like, this sucks, man. This is... And then it was, like, 25 minutes. Like, it just kept going. And, like, I mean, the spot happens at the end where they all get cut up oh. from the glass, and it just, it's, none of this looked like, there was nothing. And then they do the, he does a Canadian Destroyer off the ladder into the pool. And yeah. Like, oh, I that looked pretty. And then he goes, that was fun. And then they do it, it again. Do it again. Like, God. That was the spot that killed me. Besides all the unnecessary brutality, and yes, I get it. It's backyard wrestling. It's in the title. But it was just like, I'm going to you know, smash this broken light tube against your forehead. Oh, nothing blood. I'm going to do it again. You didn't blade yourself. Like, I agree. It was just unnecessary throughout without, you know, kind of the sibling rivalry story, you know, that, that you're obviously supposed to get from this. But, I mean, at least the other matches had wrestling and not Canadian destroyers yeah. into a pool. Or a code breaker on a trampoline. He's trying, yeah, the code breaker on the trampoline, like, that's not going to hurt. It's it's the reason it hurts is because you're landing on a flat surface, so it's an impactful, he sunk in. It was, I get why they did it because it's oh let's use this whatever I, I I mean I can live with it but mm-hmm. it was like like Marco stunts taking the light tube and he's trying to cut his brother who has no idea what the hell he's doing out there yeah. which made it he's trying to cut his forehead open and like he's he's like nicking him and it's barely bleeding so then he starts just punching the shit out of him and then it's not doing anything so then he just gets up and stops selling so he can hit Marco with the, oh it was, it was bad. 
And then when Joey Janela utters, nobody wants. You guys are both grounded. Everyone in the crowd yeah. was like, huh? Cool. Yeah. Except for that drunk ass lady that was always on the left side of the screen. Marco <laughs> is God. It was bad. This was this Get was. Get I, I, I like. <laughs> no. she, was, she, was not, she was hammed on hands. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like after this match, I went okay. My my suspension of disbelief with pro wrestling is really gone with the stunt thing. Like, yeah. I just it when when he when he wrestled his brother and it looked that bad and it made me realize how bad. Like, I know everybody deserves a chance. Wrestling's for everybody and or you know whatever. And, and everybody deserves a shot to try to do something in wrestling. And he had his moment with Kyle the Beast, and that was cool. But, like, I saw a match with the, from, like, last weekend with the stunts against um, Bear, Co- Bear County or Bear Country. Or who, I can't remember their names. And they're coming out, and they're, they got, um, you know, their music's playing, and they're in full gear. And Marco Stunt's got a Young Bucks jacket that says AEM instead of AEW, and it says All Elite Marco on it, and he's, like, biting that. And I was like, yeah. I'm over this. Guys, man, this is—they're just not for me anymore. I think. And it's, is it, you know, it was, due to it the was, fact that the Jungle Boy, you know, he kind of came out, kind of relatively, it seems like around at the same time, or at least kind of garnered some attention, and it just seems like Jungle Boy can can actually wrestle and not just flip and dive. Yeah, like like Marco Stun is a glorified is it's like a glorified choreographed action scene. Like everything, there's no substance, there's no psychology, there's no selling, it's move to move to move to move. But Jungle Boy is like the smallest dude, and he may, he looks like Kevin Nash to Shawn Michaels to Marco Stunt. <laughs> He's giving power bombs from the top turnbuckle, meaning Jungle Boy <laughs> at, uh, at Fighter Fest during that four-way. Yeah. I was like, no, and this like- guy's strong. And think of this too: if if Marco Stunt would have did a did a power bomb like that to Jimmy Havoc, how shitty would that have looked? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, and people like it, and dudes dudes getting you know dudes getting paid a little bit, and that's cool, man. I, I'm glad for him. Like, seems like a, there's not like a nice dude and stuff, but I just I don't need that in my wrestling, I guess. And this match proved it. It's crazy when the brutality can go a little too far when, like you said, the selling aspect was was a big thing because it's like, I'm going to do it again, you know, because the crowd was like, and, and the crowd was hot throughout the three and a half hours and not just judging from the temperature, but they were, you know, loud, they were active. But yeah, during that match, it was all just folks like, how old are these kids? And, you know, their internet's going to be turned off and their phones are going to be taken away. It's like, okay. Like, you know, you can only hear that so much. I'm sorry. I was just, I don't know. It was what it was. Um, I don't want to get too much into the Chad versus Matt DeMorest because I really want you to watch it so we can skip that. Whoa. It was really funny. It, it was, it was like, okay. It, there was no like selling and substance with that, like psychology. It was kind of <laughs> here's the big move, and then they just kind of you know lay there, and then they get back and go into like another big move. But the stuff that they did was was like I have never seen anything that half of the that either of these guys were doing, 
And it just blew my mind going, if you put substance in this, this is like match of the year. <laughs> that's why I'm like, that's why I watched it to see it. Like, it, it looks, think it, it looks like you're watching somebody play WWE 2K, where it's just here comes oh. the move, you pick them up and you do a move, then you pick them up and do a move, and then they counter, and then they do a move, but then they do another move, and you try to do a bigger move to hurt them more, and like, and then you get enough to do your finishing move, and then you win. Like that was what the match was. It looked like a video game. But the stuff they did looked like a video game to be fair too. Like it was awesome. It was so fun. <laughs> uh, oh, one uh, Nick Gage defeats Dale Patrick's, aka Hard Ass Nick defeats Lord of the Yard. Um, <laughs> we saw ass bleeding, Alex. I've never seen that. Um, how did you feel watching Lord of the Yard's ass bleed in pools yeah. and on? leans it into rings throughout majority of the match um i mean it was fine after after a while i was like wait well, hey, Shawn michaels always did that spot whatever um and to be fair nick gage is the one that kind of insinuated it by pulling his pants down uh to where it just you know kind of showed his ass you know not, nothing else thankfully uh but could you take tubes uh, being smashed on your on your ass, Ryan. Would you take that spot? I wouldn't take a light tube with a t-shirt on to the back. So I guess we'll leave that <laughs> with imagination. <laughs> I mean, and then Nick Gage smashes, you know, kind of the the tubes on his ass just with his with his like foot, and it just looks so so awful. Um, but to be fair. Um, Again, this ha- this was your 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 murder death kill type of match. This was, you know, at first I was like, "Wow, there's an arm roll onto Nick Gage," and then right away Gage grabs a three uh, three light tubes and just smashes them over the head of Lord of the Effin Yard. So um, I was like, "Okay, this that's the match I'm I'm going to expect there." Uh, yeah, blood in the pool, blood everywhere, trampolines in the ring, what have you. Uh, I hope everything heals okay there. But um, the best part, the reason why I'm okay with the bloody ass, Ryan, is the the (laughs) joke that was done on commentary right away where everybody and their mama thought of, as you see a bleeding ass, where they they were like, wrecked him, damn near fucking killed him. And I said, (laughs) I'm for it, man. Uh, suplex from the trampling into the pool was pretty damn awesome. Uh, you know, and then you get a chop battle. Um, then you get a cooler that uh, Lord of the Yard was going to use on Nick Gage. Blocks it, throws that cooler then. Uh, and then Lord of the Yard, uh, who who definitely does not claim that title anymore, gets that thrown at him. Um, and then, yeah. Like I said, the the pile driver onto the tubes, the the rock bottom backbreaker finisher for the win. Uh, now I'm intrigued to see that Nick Gage uh, ocean match. That's for sure. But uh, whew, that's all I got. Doesn't Nick Gage feel like a guy who doesn't like to take moves? Like I'm gonna give it to you because like the second he that uh, Lord of the Yard picked up the the Lord of the Yard. I can't believe we're saying some of this stuff. Uh, he he picks up a cooler. That Nick Gage like ran over was like no f that I'm not taking that yeah. and but then he hits him with it I'm like man Nick Gage don't take nothing ever he just he just gives it out. Nick Gage is a guy where I would seriously cross the street 
if he was walking towards me. Honestly, <laughs> I don't really have that fear with anyone, but that's a guy where I'm like, oh, I that guy has lived it all. That guy has lived every variance of life, and I'm good. I'd like to share a beer with him. I'd share, you know, maybe something else, but whoo, no, I'm I'm good. Uh, I'm sure, you know, again, his commentary, very soft-spoken, um, <laughs> you know, which was kind of funny to kind of hear that side from him. Um, but I loved the respect, uh, you know, kind of after the match and calling uh, Lord of the Yard a, a warrior. Yeah, he, uh, Nick Gage seems like a cool-ass dude, but I would, if... I would not piss the, him off. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be afraid to, like, joke with him. And then if he's like, why don't you joke with me? Well... <laughs> I mean, let's, let's think about this. Has <laughs> Nick Gage and uh, Jimmy Havoc ever uh, went to war? Ooh. You know what? I'll take a look and see if I can find anything. Because um, let's be real. The F-bombs inserted into their names. You would think that they would have to have a match to, to you know, decide who, who utilizes that moniker. Um, what well, the hell? Lo and behold, it's Nick Gage versus Jimmy Havoc announced for GCW's Joey Janela's Escape from LA on August. 9th. Oh, I just saw that. I literally just—that's <laughs> wild. Okay, well there we go. Looks like we're going to awesome. see it for the GCW <laughs> championship. Also, uh, last year at Style Battle, which we have on the on that. That thing that I always get where we play 50 wrestling shows. Yeah, the package. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the, the style battle finale is Nick Gage with whatever style he's representing against Keith Lee. Whoa, really? Yeah, I might have to check that out. Oh, I, I that's hope interesting. for that match. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, Kobe Carino defeats Alex Olsen and Kyle Smiley, a.k.a. Kyle the Beast, KTB, which Nick Gage keeps saying, I see Kyle the Beast in the woods. What do you figure? I keep seeing Kyle the Beast in the woods. He kept, I apologize to all the old veterans wrestling who got to watch this shit. What do you, <laughs> he kept saying that the whole show. Like, all the old wrestlers have to put up watching this crap. This is stupid. That ref's going to get punched in the face. Uh, it wasn't anything is special. Kyle the Beast is not good? Kyle the Beast is, he's the one that always groans because he comes out to the ring and he kneels and then does the, like, devil horns and goes back and forth with them. Like, he's headbanging his arm. He was the one who uh, made Marco Stunt famous, essentially. Ah. Oh, he's a, okay. He's just a dork. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, he, he looks like Roman Reigns in this picture. If he meshed with Adam Bum. Talk about an explosion. Uh, then we get Imana. Imanan? Imanan? I can't remember what they, yeah. what, how they said. No uh, which was Jimmy taking on G Raver. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd got drilled with light tubes on kicks with him against his chest twice, both times mm-hmm. cutting large chunks out of his bicep and his shoulder. Um, they had to tape his arm up to, to keep him from bleeding all over. Um don't forget the tattoo uh, needles that were jammed in his head. Oh, uh, yeah. So we talked about this earlier. The cops get called. Everyone's running, trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, we're not going to stop until they arrest us because it's the main event. We went through all this. This is live on Fight TV. This is great viewing. 
They don't show the cops, obviously. But then you see G. Raver come running in, and he does like a Superman dive into the pool as Jimmy Lloyd drives. <laughs> Jimmy Lloyd now gets out, and he's in the pool, and he's trying to find G. Raver. And G. Raver is hiding under these flotation, these like floaty pieces. And he jumps out like the creature from the Black Lagoon and stabs him in the top of the head with these needles that Alex was talking about. Oh, my God. It was... It was like Cape Fear. I was like, oh, he killed him. Um, they, I don't know what built... was worse, the the beating that Jimmy Lloyd took during the match or on commentary by the, uh, the <laughs> shaming done by everybody, including Janela. Well, it's, by this point, Janela's hammered. Which <laughs> didn't help any matter. He was about as hammered as when he tried to fight Enzo Mori uh, from that video I watched. Um, <laughs> So they have this metal structure where they're like sliding doors on and there's three of them kind of like we talked about. They put over G Raver coming back from a concussion, puts a ladder and climbs to the top of this barn or whatever the hell this thing was that was next to the house. And he, maybe no, yeah, it was the house. You're right. Yeah, it was the house um, or the garage or whatever. Anyway, and he, he does a swan tide off of it. And the goal is, to go through all three doors and then nope. essentially, I would assume, murder Jimmy Lloyd, who's laying under all of them? Because I don't know what else you'd be assuming is going to happen. From yeah. what, what, uh, Jimmy Lloyd obviously rolls out of the way. G. Raver is uh, motionless for a couple seconds, uh, <laughs> which Jimmy Lloyd gets the victory, and that was it. Um, I don't know if this if this was a situation where it looked worse than it was, or if this was a situation where G. Raver shouldn't have been on this show, and it's probably worse for him right now. Um, <laughs> what was well, your thoughts on that? He gave he gave the thumbs up. You know, they 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 said everything was okay afterwards. So uh, I mean, I, this was a G. Raver of a show um, of a match as well. Uh, you know, I, you know, Jimmy Lloyd, you know, of course, you know, they were giving him, him guff on the commentary uh, there, you know, saying he's gotten a big head, you know, kind of since the exposure and whatnot. Um, I know you said he wasn't as good, but you might've come around. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Jimmy Lloyd after, after this? And of course, after spring break, from I, the, uh, I was inter- a couple months ago, like I was entertained. I thought it was good. Um, Look, he's like 21 years old. So, I mean, he's stupid young. I yeah. just, I wonder if he's ever going to be anything more than just this deathmatch kind of guy. And if not, he's probably okay with it. So, I don't think it's a bad thing. But it was, it was fun. It wasn't my favorite match, but yeah, they did a good it's job. a good way to end. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. They, they knew. It's a good way to end the show. You for the very Mm-hmm. The police a sentana off the roof, crashing through doors while not nailing your opponent in any capacity. But uh, hey, we got a min, uh, Mishinoku driver. Yeah, yeah, and that's like they did everything you you want them to do, which is essentially, you know, that was the point of it. So I enjoyed it. Um, I I enjoyed this whole show. I honestly I got to see this. Uh, the, I don't know if I got to see the three-way, but I definitely have to see the the match uh, that included the Chad and Matt DeMorris. Uh Solid B plus show, man. If if I see that match, it could turn into an A A minus, but B plus for uh, Game Changer Wrestling GCW. Thank you. 
And and what was so good about this show for me was if you look at what this show was, it was fine with exactly what they did everything that they should have done. They didn't try to do crazy stuff. They just said, Hey, we're going to be in a backyard. We're just going to do goofy stuff with backyard things. And they kept it simple, like violent, obviously, but simple. And that's why I think it was, it was so well done. But like Um, I said, Hey, we're not going to do anything crazy except there was two spots from the roof of a house and a car chasing a dude into a pool. Hey, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're GCW. In in my backyard days, um, the Black Dragon, uh, Eugene Sanders, um, he oh. had t- he took a, a off a garage bump into the backyard by the uh, apple tree uh, oh. when he was trying to do something. Plus, we saw fireworks shot at the guy shooting them <laughs> off, but then also to another guy. Countless door spots. Uh, we we saw a a reversal where a guy, I believe it was Steppen kind of swings from the tree to give the Hurricane Rana. Um, we, we saw Alex Zane get built up. Um, and then we see, just a couple of days later, uh, one uh, one bad boy, Joey Janela, going after uh, Enzo or whatever. Amor, I don't know if he goes by Amori anymore, getting a hand at a uh, Blink-182 concert, and then essentially <laughs> challenging each other. Do Was this a work, or do you think this is something that we're going to see at spring break? I think that there's a chance for spring break. I think there's a chance. Um, I I was, I talked smack to Enzo at like four in the morning when I was sick of getting killed online. And I was like, I'm glad you said you're not a wrestler. So I'll never see you again. And I hope you don't get thrown (laughs) into the ropes again. (laughs) We got some lights. Yeah. I, I think, I think anything that involves Enzo could be considered a shoot or could be considered a work. Especially with the way Janela was backing up, like unless Janela's just a puss, mm-hmm. but I don't. I would think you wouldn't be scared of getting punched in the face with some things that you've that he's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's a work. I think it's. I think it's all a work. If um, that happens, man, that I mean, that, that could increase some buys because a people want to see. You know, Janela just main evented Fighter Fest. You know, yeah, it was unsanctioned. Yeah, yeah they still had their intro, but he main evented in in a damn good match. I watched it again. Uh, kudos to both those guys because I don't know how Janela was standing a few days later um, and then having a a pretty damn good match with Claude Morrow. But for him to do hey, that I and then interviews the other day, what am I doing yeah. here? <laughs> and then to intertwine with Enzo, I mean, the guy. He's everywhere. You could only, you know, hope for the best. And, and I think people would want to see him knock the crap out of Benzo. Um, When we can kind of get a chance to get caught up, which I don't know when we will because the G1 starting, um, we're officially three, three shows I've realized behind progress. They had a show on the 30th, the 6th, and the 7th, Alex. So I don't even what? know if they're live. So... Obviously, we, we weren't able to preview them. We haven't watched them, and you know, until now, I don't think either of us knew about them. I just found out about it looking at Grapple for a quick second. Um, so on Chapter 90, there's not a lot that looked too crazy. Dan Maloney and Trent Seven take on LAX. Um, but one that got me, uh, the OGMO and David Starr take on Shigehiro, Irie, and Walter. That oh, that's tight. Walter's partner, huh? Because it was question marked. So oh, well, okay. his partner. 
And then uh, uh, South, South Pacific Power Trip, T.K. Cooper and uh, uh, what is it? T.K. Cooper and Travis Banks took on Aussie Open. So I bet that was good. Oh, was that the main event? Yeah, that was the main. And then the two shows that just happened a couple days ago um, that really sparked my interest, especially because of it. Uh, it's getting a 4.66 on Grapple. Ilya Dragunov taking on Jordan Devlin. Wow. And then wow. the main event, Falter defending the title against Eddie Kingston. What? what, what? <laughs> yeah. And then um, on the show the next day, Eddie Kingston back on it again against Jonathan Gresham. Um, we get a Paul Robinson Trent seven match. Um, I don't know who those guys are, so that doesn't matter. Um, and then. The main event, which is getting a 4.51. Now, mind you, the, the Devlin Dragunov is a 4.66 only on eight, eight views or eight ratings. This one's got mm-hmm. 17 ratings. Uh, Volter defending the championship against Ilya Dragunov, averaging a 4.51. Wow. So, that's a good way to, to send off if you're not going to be in progress anymore. But... <laughs> So it looks like some stuff to nitpick. Some stuff might be worth watching. There's a lot of like three and below star matches, which definitely shows that they're in the rebuild process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. One of these days, you know, I might try maybe, maybe on my lunch break, I'll try to nitpick here and there on some of these, but yeah, I didn't know that we were going to get Dragunov, Devlin, Walter Kingston, Walter Dragunov, um, you know, the Erie and Walter as a team, like, I got to check some of these matches out. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, now we got a match of the year contender to talk about. or uh, I mean, a, a show of the year contender to talk about. I thought we G- just did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You're always so quick on those things. But the G1. Yeah. I'm popping this uh, Star Blast Bang energy drink. Um, nice. I confused everyone at my district meeting as I had a rainbow unicorn bang, and everyone was just wondering what this can was on the counter. So and I, I got you like, hooked. Yeah, dude, I, the pina colada one might be my favorite. Interesting. I'm I'm all about the star blast though. That's just good yeah. shit. That's what I'm crushing. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. Um, <laughs> opening contest: uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Rapungi 3K. Uh, G.O.D. wins with a super bomb on Yo. Alex, I went three and three quarters on this bad boy. I thought this was a hot-ass opener. Um, thoughts on this this awesome, awesome tag opener? Gorillas dominated, but but uh, Rapungi showed that they get a hang with their heavy counterparts, I thought. Um, I, I they, Everyone looked strong, but, but Gorillas of Destiny, you know, kind of when uh, push came to shove, Use their their power to their advantage, uh, you know, kind of getting that that super ghetto bomb, uh, you know, onto you for the win. Um, that gun stun to show though, uh, you know, kind of out of nowhere to kind of stop their you know a couple of second momentum uh, where you're like, hey, maybe they could be God. Uh, but judging from the swearing uh, from the uh, when they were kind of coming down the ring, as per usual. Um, you know, I, I thought 3K could possibly get that that upset there, but nope. Destinate looked awesome. It's just when can they get some opponents? And you know, that's yeah. not from the junior division. 
Yeah, and and that's what I thought was good about this was it was a nice way to to get them on your show, have a competitive match. Um, Tamatanga, like I always expect so much of him in the in like the G one because situations like this, he always looks so good in these matches, and maybe it's just because he is just a tag wrestler, which is fine because he's he's obviously comfortable just doing the tag role. So it's not like you're losing a, a star who doesn't want to break off on his own. Um, mm-hmm. But Takaloa looked good again. Like he looked better. Yeah. So I was, I, 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 thought this focus, was really- one thing that kind of threw me off guard, kind of with the, the event, why so many empty seats? Yeah, I think the one thing that hurt too is Access TV did a bad job of their camera work and setup because they Hiding showed it. that empty section behind the stage so much. A lot, a lot. There was reportedly, I think the number was forty-eight, forty-six, so just shy of five thousand fans. Ugh. Which I, a lot of people said, you know, like people would ask me, why do you think they did such a big venue and not a small venue to test this out? Ooh, to be fair. I I bet you they got a a very good deal, or they didn't even pay for the building because Cuban owns because access. access. Yep, that, that it hit me kind of during I, I want to say it was probably the evil follow match. I was because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why didn't they go somewhere? I was like, oh, Dallas Access. They probably paid very little, like you said, or maybe nothing at all for the uh, for the building itself. So, but why wouldn't and, they then just bring people? to make it fuller from the top, from the sides, everything. You know, and I had thought that like, wow, they could have done this. I mean, Tomohiro Ishii was sitting in the, in the corner for a while. That was pretty funny when I saw him sitting there. I was like, oh, look at Ishii <laughs> on the right side of the stage, just watching the wrestling. Um, this crowd for the size of the building. Awesome. And, and Yeah. I mean, this was only, I, cause I think that, I think that building holds about 20,000 for wrestling. So they did mm-hmm. about a, a fourth of it, but it sounded like a sold-out crowd. Dude, that standing ovation, like that Okada Tanahashi got before the match even started, mm-hmm. I had goosebumps. Like I literally smiled and said, "I I had been clamoring for this for ages, and I didn't get to go see it live, but I knew this would be a hit, and I'm so glad for these two because yes. they genuinely look like they they were like, wow." These people are really excited to see this, you know, and, and you can tell, like, Okada's smiling, and Tanahashi's kind of shaking his head, and, you know, it, you could tell they were like, holy crap, I can't believe how, how yep. jacked they were for this. So, that made me, as 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 the show got going, it made me not pay attention to the empty seats as much as I did during, like, the opening before the, like, as the first match happened, when it was, and it was a lot brighter feeling, too. Um, mm-hmm just because it was less. And there were still people feel, filling in too, to be fair. But it was such a good crowd that it didn't even bother me that there was empty seats like that. Like you said, the hot crowd from the beginning, I mean, obviously from the tag match, the opener, um, they, they were hot throughout. Yes, I mean, after a while, you know, but again, when I would see like a stretch of empty seats, I was just like, oh, why weren't we there? Hopefully with the success um, you know, depending on what they define as success, uh, you know, hopefully they do the G1 next year. Uh, this will be a, a starting off point and, and garner the fans say, hey, this is going to be worth us, you know, traveling, like, say, to an AEW show or, or Madison Square Garden or what have you. It, it's worth going to the show 
you know, to see this type of wrestling. Um, and hell, their six man tag matches were, were even fun, uh, you know, kind of for this event here. But then we got uh, kind of a preview for the B Block next week. Red Narita teaming up with Jeff Cobb. I'm a Red Narita guy. Taking on Shota Aminu <laughs> and Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii and Jeff Cobb. Woo! These hosses. And yes, they're like five, seven. But they're hosses because they will beat the living ish out of anybody that says they are not um, going at it. I loved how they started this match. Uh, just And then, of course, Tomohiro Ishii showing that young lion Shota Aminu, or showing Ren Narita kind of what, uh, what respect truly is. Yeah, this this I went three and a half. Just just a not, I I thought it was might have been worth a little bit higher, but it was just a notch below the the opener for me, which is totally fine because this is what I wanted. I wanted the preview. I wanted the fight. I wanted the young lions to get in there and have a chance to get going. They did that. Showed mm-hmm. Amina, unfortunately, one's got to lose. Amina ate the tour of the islands. They had to do the pull apart at the end. This was good. This is really good. God, it, got, it has me excited for Saturday. Yeah, it, it definitely sets up where that's uh, probably number two on, on my, oh, my God, I got to watch this match uh, at, at four in the morning list there. But uh, that standing moonsault combo that Cobb does right before, um, you know, kind of that tour of the islands is this guy is, you know, like you said, it depends on which Jeff Cobb kind of shows up. But if he can keep that momentum that he had in this tag match, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they they see something where, you know, this could be like you, you know, the the Mike Elgin substitute, if you will, but uh, without well, all the outside-the-ring shenanigans. you got to be looking at the ROH fail that, that predicted back in January was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be going, okay, this is my chance to, to prove myself. Because, <laughs> excuse me, they announced, I believe, right after this match, ironically. Yeah, it was right after this match because – um, no, it was after, maybe it was after, I can't remember which match Tiger Hattori refed, but um, they announced the three shows out on the East Coast, which yes, man, maybe we go to one of those. I don't know. I, I, I was that's TwitchCon, ECW, and the New York show because they're back to back days. Take the train, yeah, and they're because they're probably close enough, I would think. Yep, um, so they're running. If you look at, I mean, look at the buildings, Hammerstein. 2300 and I can't remember the one in Boston they're doing but I mean those are all Ring of Honor buildings aren't they I believe they are but they're also Ring prestigious Honor. wrestling buildings very That's true the very thing. True. so At, almost maybe every I'm, company runs out of those buildings because of the prestige so so tell me if I'm overlooking this then because that's a good point I didn't think about. But in my head I'm going these are three buildings that Ring of Honor normally runs and they've been having like 200 fans. If New Japan goes and runs solo shows without ROH and sells these buildings out, is this a message to ROH? If we're going to be together, hold your weight because we came to your country and did 10 times your ticket sales. Mm-hmm. I, but, but can they hold their weight? They're running Roosh and Dalton Castle yet again at, at some event. Yeah, they're doing Lethal and um, oh, Taven? Uh, Matt Taven again. You know, which Why is it's Roosh time, but it seems like we've seen that. Yeah, no I, idea. 
He worked. I I did not order. I've ordered every ROH pay per pay per view so we can watch and review those things. I didn't order this last one because I'm not paying to watch the allure take on Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein when Roosh and Flip Gordon's on the pre show. Pre show. <laughs> wrong with this company? Like so, to me this and that's what made me think this is a hey ROH get your get your bleep together. Because we're going to run your backyard buildings that you like to run. And if we get the tickets there, we know it's not just, ah, there's just not an interest. Set your game up or we're going to go somewhere else. That wrestling culture that are, are in those three, you know, in those three states there. I mean, the, the name recognition, New Japan Pro Wrestling is easily going to sell them out. If not 80%, you know, kind of before walk-ups, you know, the day of the events. I mean, yeah, I don't think they need Ring of Honor. I, I don't think they should. The no. only one, maybe Jeff Cobb is the only one. Maybe you bring a Bandito kind of from the uh, the Super Juniors. You know, maybe maybe you bring him. Otherwise, yeah, you don't really need ish from them at the moment. Which yeah. is kind of uh, sad. Want, have have Roosh do, a th- do something with Nido. Do an old L.I. Uh, Los and Gobernobles uh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be cool. But, do Nido and uh, Roosh against uh, Gorillas of Destiny. Then you don't have to do any. Then you don't have to give away a Nido single match either. That'd be fine. I'd be totally fine watching that match. <laughs> Good old Shitsuya Naito. I'm just gonna be the guy going, "Ah, Naito is not a singles match." No, Naito and Rush against Gorillas of Destiny. Let's go. That's yeah. a good ass tag match, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jay White and Chase Owens defeat Hiroki Go or uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Excuse me, defeat Jay White, Chase Owens. Uh, go to with the GTR and Chase Owens. I went two and three quarters on this match. I thought this was the 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 lowest of the, of my rated matches on the show, but I enjoyed it. Jay White man is so hated. I love it. I love every minute of it. Um, Chase Owens, Chase Owens, Yoshihashi still is a dork. Every time I watch him, he just looks like an imbecile. Um, he was he was running around there and he was trying to do some stuff, and then I don't remember what he did with with Chase Owens. But he's like going through his, you know, his motions on his little hot spot, and he like stumbled and just kind of looked goofy, and then just got hit and just laid there. And I was like, "Oh, Yoshi." At least he didn't fall. And hit his head. Jay White's a shit can. There's <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot to say on that one, my end. Do you got? Do you have any takeaways? Obviously, hey, Goto Jay White's awesome. Yeah, Goto looks he, in shape. He looks, I don't know, seven years younger than he did about a year ago. Very toned, yeah. very, you know, kind of lean. Um, and he looks awesome. Like he had a Chase nice Owens. little bro- Yep. <laughs> Chase Owens, though, almost getting one over on Goto, kind of getting that jewel heist there after a couple of knee to uh, Goto's face, um, which I was like, holy bleep, they're, they're going to do this. But uh, Goto said, no, 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 no. Um, you know, I'm gonna hit you with the GTR, all the other random names I can't write or, or think of at the moment for his signature moves. But uh, yes, this was fine. It was good to get JY out there. Uh, Jay White hating American audiences, as he stated, uh, through the press conference as well as on this show. Um, <laughs> uh, so this was this was cool. Like, this, I mean, it, it did everything you want it to do, and I think that's what I liked about it. Um, then we got the match that made me tear up a little bit, and I put my uh, mask on. I think I wasn't there for this. 
Um, Jushin Liger, Juice Robinson, Toru Yano defeat Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. Uh, Yano Loblo, schoolboy on Bushi. I went three and a quarter. I thought it was fun. I thought the pops were there. I, they gave Liger the right spots they needed. Mm-hmm. Juice looked good in there against Shingo, setting up their match in the tournament. Um, Yano, Yano Naito, I believe, is also that first night. But my only gripe was, why do you not just why do you not give Liger the pin? Um, I, I he's just there, like you said, for for the pops, uh, for the spots, which he did, you know, and, and that that's it. I, I don't think he needs the pin. Um, I, I think that's, it's fine that Yano nope. does it. But yes, over Toriyano, yes, I would say give uh, give Liger the win over Bushi, especially after like, Bushi going for that mask. Yeah, he was trying to tear that thing off. <laughs> and like I know he doesn't need it, but it was just one of those situations where I'm like. Just give the crowd what they want. Just give, love just the, give the respect the from the crowd. That was mm. awesome. But it, it so worked cool. because it gives Yano a win going into uh, to Saturday. So I'm fine with it. Um, then we get to the G1. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, one of my match ratings. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to ask your opinion. Cause I like when you, when I throw these around. Yeah. I had a three and a quarter, a three and a half, a four and a half, a four and three quarter, and my third five star match of the year on this on this section. Ooh. Can you tell me what you think each rating represents? Um I'm going to say we'll start with said, a three and a quarter. That I'm I'm gonna go evil v Fale. That one I gave away to um, earlier. So, um, <laughs> what was my three and a half star match? Your three and a half star. Wow. Um, I would think your three and a half, which is kind of surprising. Uh, the saberism uh, change in wrestling, Zack Saber Jr. and Sonata. Okay. Uh, what do you think was my four and a half star? Your four and a half star, I would say, would, would oof. Abushi and Kenta, even though now I'm questioning that. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Abushi Kenta. All right, four and three quarters. Archer and Osprey. Which would leave my five star? Yep, because you're a mark for Okada, <laughs> Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, like I said, I gave you Evil Folly. Um, as for the other four guesses, Alex, 0-4. Wow. Do you want to st- – how do you want to go through these matches? Do you want to start so – is, is your fi- – okay, we'll, we'll start with uh... – <sighs> wow, interesting. Let's, I'm perplexed. Let's, should we go to – do you, do you want to go by my rating or do you want to just go down the list? We'll go by your rating. Okay. Three and a quarter, evil bad luck folly, which we which we knew. We kind of already talked about it to be fair. I don't think we need to go too much into detail with it. Folly actually worked. I think that was that was worth noting. Evil did mm-hmm. as best as he could do out there with folly. It was what it was, but we both said, Hey, it was fun. And that's all that matters. Um it, Evil was trying to knock that big sucker down. He was, you know, from the <laughs> beginning where he's 
starting at the beginning of the ramp, running down to uh, Larry at the Fale. And that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that. That and was I awesome. Loved, and I loved evil Hulk Hogan style to Andre, body slamming Fale. That was amazing. But, of course, the chair work came into play. But guess what, guys? Here's a swerve. There was no Bullet Club involvement. There was no Bullet Club bringing in the chairs. It was all evil doing that. Ah. So I don't know if, if it's head games from him not fist bumping during, you know, kind of the, the, the you know, the events prior, uh, you know, to the G1 here where, you know, he would leave the ring or not participate in LIJ uh, uh, activities here. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of got the best of him, meaning Fale, by, uh, you know, knocking the chair around the evil's neck this time around and uh, essentially doing the bad luck fall. Um, like I said, I have holy bleep uh, surprised by the outcome of the match. Chairs played a huge role, even though when they were backfired uh, by evil. Um, great aggressiveness by evil to try and knock him down, but the strength and size, of course, that is Fale's advantage, uh, getting the best in the end there. And- I liked the spot, too, where Folly went for his head around the chair and then hit it with the chair, and Folly just picked it up and just threw it at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he, he, look, if this is what the Folly matches are going to be, and there's not going to be all the shenanigans, and it's just going to be some guy working really hard and Folly just being in there, just being Folly, this is the Folly I'm okay with. I wasn't bored. If you if you mean to tell me we're gonna get a th- anywhere from two and two and three quarters to three and a half out of Fale every night, this A block is gonna be perfect. Like this could be I the best A block tournament ever at that rate. I mean, you know, I mean, we had one show. I had one show myself marked that had a four and a half, four and three quarters and a five star all last year on there too. And we had Kenny Omega in that tournament too. So, and, and Ibushi and Naito were in the same block with cat, you know, with Kenny Omega. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's got to give a little bit. Um, all right. So three and a half star match. Uh, you went Zack Sabre and Sonata. Uh, the one that I went to three and a half stars. Gained the victory via the GTS, Kenta defeats Kota Ibushi. Wow. I'm surprised by that grade, honestly. So, I heard somebody mentioned this, um, and it's a very good point as to the flaw in star ratings. Is Tomohiro Ishii and Shota Mito versus Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita, I went three and a half because it overexceeded. Kenta and Kodobushi, I gave the same grade to because it underwhelmed for me. Wow. How did it overwhelm? The tension throughout the match of who, what version of Kenta is this to Ibushi, the plucky fan favorites, where everybody loves the Golden Star. And Kenta said, I'm going to kick the living hell out of that star and knock it out of the sky. I'm going to just pummel and pummel him and not get any offense from your guys' fan favorite. Hideo Itame is dead. This if this is a Kenta that's on the prowl, this guy could win the block because of how dangerous Kenta is. The double stomps, whether it's from, you know, kind of while Abushi's hanging over a guardrail or inside the ring. It was awesome. It was a different match. He was like the predator of, you know, kind of New Japan where he's like, you know what? 
I'm going to get rid of everyone's, you know, views of me, of what it was five years ago, what I was in Noah. This is the, the Kenta of today. Be warned. And I was scared, and I loved it. So, 100%, I agree with everything you said. The foot stomp on the guardrail was awesome. Uh, the the How hard he kicks is just mind-numbing. Um, I'm glad it's still there so people that didn't get to see the Noah days can see that, holy hell, this guy can hurt somebody with a kick. Um, mm-hmm. There's been two consensus that I've seen about this match. The, the view that I've gone and the view you had. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that I've, that I've talked to that have never seen or very few seen um, Kenta's work in Noah. And because of that, they, they're going four and a half, four and a quarter. This was tremendous. Holy crap, this is not Hideo Tommy. 100% right. We got all that. But for about the first 75% of the match, I, I could just tell that he was still second-guessing himself and still trying to get in the groove and getting back out of the, you know, getting the ring rust off because he hasn't wrestled in a while and, and getting mm-hmm. back into the flow of everything. And I thought the finish was great. I, the home stretch I thought was awesome. Kotobushi, I could tell, got hurt. And he was, because he was just moving a little bit slower. No, because he could but it was, sell. He well, does that in every ankle? match. He does that in like every he, match. We thought the guy was murdered when he took the head, the German no, on the was, apron, and he was fine. Kota Bushi might not even wrestle night three or night five now. Really? His his ankle is like the size of a basketball. Oof. Like, go, yeah, that's somebody says it, like, so the dude takes a German suplex on his head and goes, I'm fine. And then he lands around on his ankle and he's going to miss time. <laughs> like, which now I'm, by the way, if, if he has to forfeit these points, how does this affect him winning? Yeah. Getting to the final. Maybe he's so, a briefcase challenger. Maybe. Yeah. There's, I'll, I'll try to get that picture and send it to you. But, um, so it was, it was just one of those things where, and, and once again, I didn't think it was bad. I just, I could tell Kenta was still trying to, I am Kenta. I am effing Kenta, like he said in the press conference. And he started getting there. And I think from here on out, as he just gets used to being back, being able to actually have control over what he does, he'll be fine. So I go three and a half more because it was like Osprey and Ibushi where I'm like, this is going to be the match of the year to open. It's going to open the Wrestle Kingdom. And I was like, wow, I think I set the bar too high. And I think I thought Kenta and Kota Ibushi was going to blow every match away on this card. And it didn't. And that's why I just, I waited it low because wow. my expectation, like I sat on the edge of my seat ready to go. And I never really jumped off it. There was a match that I was laying, I was sitting on my floor screaming at my television for during. And I just, it, and look, once again, it is what it is. I, I understand why there's a lot of people that are giving it such high marks because it should get that. But it, it was kind of like how I rated the, the stuff with the Young Bucks and Omega and the Lucha Bros a little bit lower than most because I've, I've just, I've seen it so much that it's a, it was really good, but it didn't, it wasn't anything that blew me away. I know what Kent is going to become, and I'm so glad. And this was what I was nervous. I was more nervous talk of what how we would react to it talking that you were going to 
beat on the side that I was like, wow, I thought this dude was tight. Like, he sure didn't move that. But you coming out as happy as you were, that makes me happy because I know I'm going to get that Kenta back too. Mm-hmm. I just, I can understand, look, man, you, hey, you've been gone for five years. You've been told 400 things what to do. Um, welcome back to Japan. This is your new Japan de- debut on top of it. Oh, and you're also working the semi-main <laughs> of the G1 and Kota Bucci. And this is the first time we've done it out of the country. No yeah. pressure, dude. So, you know what I mean? I get it. Like, it's like, holy crap, this is a lot to take, to take in. But by the end of it, he was moving and he's, he's still pissed off angry Grandpa Kenta and he's kicking people and he put a beating on Kota Ibushi. And, you know, it, it was one of those things, too, where when Ibushi started going into his sprint stuff, I could tell Kota Ibushi was Which like, was rare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit earlier, but then it went back to Kenta just beating on him. But you could tell Kenta had that, look, dude, I've just got done wrestling Ari Davari yeah. in a feud. Like, let me, give me a second. Before, and, you know, so and I would hope you would be proud because I did pick up on some spots where Kenta, like you said, was thinking, okay, what's what's the next spot? Should I go over there and talk in his ear? Like I could see where he he was a little like, huh? That's why you know. And before I should have said, I should have started preface that with, that's why I don't do star ratings. That's where I go, wow, that's a match of the year. I was like, wow, that was great, or wow, that completely sucked. Um, yeah, you know that those are my star ratings. I don't mean to do it. You know, and, you and might for have me, a... it's yeah. For me, it's the storyline of you know, I I I picked Kenta to win this match, but I didn't expect you know, and I kind of said on, on the previous show, I'll, I'll be fair to myself that you know, a way to ensure this match and for him to win, he has to dominate it, and Abushi's the perfect opponent for for him to do that because Abushi, we know. He's the guy that we all feel for. He's the guy that we're like, oh, man, you know, Coda, you know, good star. But looking at this ankle, wow, that is uh, See? that is bulbously purple. Um, I hope he doesn't wrestle on Saturday. Uh, he, he said he was able to walk 100 steps. The goal is 200. Um, get well soon, Coda. But, I, wow, that's that looks pretty painful. But again, I love the dominance that, that Kenta showed, and hopefully Shibata looking on from the empty corner of the arena to start the match. Hopefully it did him <laughs> proud as well. And and it was perfect, too, because you could have Kota Ibushi take a beating and lose, and it doesn't hurt Kota Ibushi. No, exactly. Which is why I thought the booking so well. And, you know, when, when Kenta gets going, and the fact that later in the tournament, after he's had, you know, four or five matches, then he gets Okada... Oh boy, strap in because that's gonna rock. Oh man. Um, speaking of it, four and a half stars. This match was so awesome. There's still an Okada buck on my floor. The Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada defeats Orochi Tanahashi. Wow, that's your four and a half, or that's your third. Yeah. I'll say this this was everything that they they couldn't have done this any more perfect. This is the same thing I said about Kenta mm-hmm. with, with how you prefaced it. If you had never seen these guys wrestle each other, you, and, and you were there live especially, you're walking out of the building going, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in front of my eyes. Yeah. Because they did exactly what I I wanted them to do. Just play the hits 
and show these yep. people what the greatest wrestling feud in my in my opinion ever is. And that's what they did. High fly mm-hmm. flow to the floor. They prefaced it the the holding of the wrist. Like I Jen watched yeah. it with me. Like I'm like, you see how he keeps holding the wrist? And I explained to her how he lost two straight Wrestle Kingdoms because he clo- he did the Rainmaker and didn't hold the wrist. Gave him too much time, pulled him in. He, he got hit with a sling blade and then lost. He, this is him figuring out their seven and a half year feud that they have going mm-hmm. on now since February of 2012. Um, it, they did it just there was they did it all perfectly. They had the the awesome backslide roll through into the Rainmaker. Yeah. They had to do two tombstones. He, you know, he he hit the five five flow, but then he got countered. The sling blade counters. Some of the, the that dragon screw he did while he was dangling, like laying down with his leg up. I mean, mm-hmm. it, everything was perfect about it. Okada does this does the tap after everybody shushes. Tanahashi just says nope and goes right at him. I'm getting these points. <laughs> this match was tremendous. It just. And so, so right now, Okada has six wins. Tana's got five, and they have three draws. So, fourteenth time I've seen it, and I still go four and a half. Yeah, because they're just I mean, it's a perfect, perfect. Yeah, like you said, playing the hits. In my notes, the very first thing I write, I, I, I say that was an ace of a match. Great Americanized version of the rivalry told to this yeah. audience. You know, I, I said, you know, and again, as I was kind of, you know, <laughs> like I was showcasing to you, <laughs> when I was letting you know when I was watching that History of Chaos on, on the New Japan YouTube, which please watch it, ladies and gentlemen, where I was like, wait, all this happened like eight years ago? This is amazing. And, and just kind of bring a little bit of their history with Okada and Tanahashi, which they have a history of Okada and Tanahashi on there, which I'm going to check out. This was just everything that, that you know, like you said, this was the, the Rolling Stones just playing, you know, their their 14 number one songs. You know, this was, you're, you're going to a concert, you're, you're seeing them play the hits, and, and you walk out saying, wow, that was the best damn thing ever. And that's how I felt because this was a, a match that you end the show on. Um, to be fair, I loved how, you know, Okada hits two Rainmakers on Tanahashi, and then Tanahashi, you know, counters it with a small package. That was crazy as he goes for that third one there. Awesome. And then, you know, I, I would say one of the, the better sequences, which, you know, I, I, I would say it kind because in the beginning, Ryan, they're, again, it's like a, a concert analogy. They're, you know, Hearing, you know, the the yes from the crowd, the the respect level, you know, they're they're taking it all in, which you could see by both men, which was awesome, awesome to see because the crowd was jacked. You get a holy shit right before the bell rings, chants throughout the 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 Dallas Arena there. Whew! But man, it it just kicked up after Okada hits that elbow. That's when it went into full gear. The twist and shout by Tana to the dropkick by Okada, to another twist and shout, to a beautiful, perfect 10 dropkick by Okada was an awesome sequence, which, of course, led to, you know, the first of two tombstones. This was a great match. This, again, you know, I'd say, if you haven't seen New Japan, I mean, like, this is the best westernized version of the rivalry match that you could see. And if if you're not on this New Japan-level kick yet, I, I say start by watching this this gem. Then go back and watch 
what led to you know where they are seven years down the line. Yeah, they they couldn't have played it any smarter. Um, with with this main yeah. event, and the, the crowd—I mean, that crowd ate this up. Like you could tell, half the people, would, you know, oh, New Japan, and they're like, "What am I seeing?" Like it's <laughs> like, and and the best part about their, their matches is it's not even like the high spots and things like that. It's just it's like a beautiful painting. Like you're watching somebody yeah. paint this like Mona Lisa, and it's just the way that everything just goes together with these guys. So good. So good. Kudos to them. Isn't that, four and a half. Isn't that crazy how a match. numbers match can be so still like breathtaking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. Ah, I, I I was just like, and it and, and it was great too because it was. I wasn't at the edge of my seat. I wasn't like worried Okada was going to lose because, like I said, mm-hmm. I thought Okada, Kenta, and Lance Archer were the easiest three locks. I've ever put together. I just booked the LIJ guys. I went five and zero. Oh, otherwise, damn it! But I went three and two. How did your <laughs> night go, by the way? With uh, with uh, your standings. I, I went. Uh, I went three and no, I went four and one. What did you get wrong? The the evil. I got the evil and bad luck folly. Yeah, I I went because I went evil and saber, and it was folly and sonata. And sonata so I, that's why I got wrong. Um, and because the reason why I picked Evil, because I, I mm-hmm. thought both LIJ members of the A Block would be undefeated heading into their match a few That's nights right. from now. But whoo, Sonata boy. Sonata. Yeah. Four and three quarters. Uh, via roll-up, Sonata defeats Zack Staver Jr. Um, this match was un- just incredible. The mm-hmm. the amount of the minute that they're like two three minutes into it, and they're going into just straight chain wrestling sequences and counters, mm-hmm. and Sonata was was able to keep up to the point that you could tell Saber go Saber had that Sonata so zoned in I'm going to go even faster because he can keep up, and you could <laughs> see Saber kick it into another notch, and mm-hmm. and like you could slightly see him kind of just given like. Next, next, like just little cues, and Sonata was there, and you could even see a smirk at one point when when Sonata when Saber's kicking the rope and all pissed off, Sonata kept up with them. Like you could, he had that smirk like he did when he wrestled a kid, where he's like, "We're gonna have something here," because because Sonata's got a oh, game yeah. face. This match was incredible. The, the, I I couldn't fathom the counters, the wrestling they did, and then mm-hmm. finally. Saber goes for his tradition or for his, his signature roll up, kick the legs out, bridge up. Sonata then bridges out himself, rolls back, yep. like counters the, the the leg sweep, and then stays on top of him and gets the three count. It was so awesome! Holy crap, there, this was good. The the counters, the answers they had from each other. I mean, like you said, this was a wrestling match. I I, I was honestly surprised in the beginning that Sonata could keep up with Zack Sabre Jr. Because how, how, you know, Terminator mode that ZSJ can be in, Sonata was like, you know what, I'm going to be your T-1000 then. Or the other way around, if you think about it, just by, you know, the, the wrestlers that they actually are. Um, and, and Sonata, man, just looked great. He was just locked in. I loved how he was going for the TKO numerous times. Then, oh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, into an octopus lock. You know, or, you know, kind of the skull end, you know, kind of going there. 
I didn't know who was going to tap out to to any other. Um, that's why I was really happy to see the uh, the counter variation pin from Sonata. But I'm really happy you like this match because I just have a wow written six times in all caps with lots of exclamations in my final notes on this match because this had me hooked. I, I'm loving technical wrestling more than, than I ever have over the last couple of years, thanks in part of Zack Sabre Jr. And for him to just get a partner right off the bat in Sonata, kudos to Gato and crew for putting on these matches on your first night, whether they knew they were going to be in America or not. But, you know, at first I was like, I don't know how this match is going to go. And I loved the announcing where, you know, which I listened to a few matches in Japanese and English, um, but this one I listened to in English. And I loved how Rocky, Rocky Romero, I believe, said they've gone 11 minutes and they've gone 24 minutes. So there's really not a hold on how <laughs> this match can go. And they went pretty damn near the distance, I would say, into this, into this match. And if you want to watch wrestling, watch Zack Sabre Jr. and, and Sonata. Whew. And I'm really happy your five-star match was also my match of the night. Because Dallas, oh, baby, yeah. they were hot for the hometown boy. But let's just say the bloke from England who now resides in Tokyo, Japan, was just about to blow the roof off. And boy, did these two murder each other. Somebody's yeah. oh. got to die. <laughs> um, Zack Sabre also said... Um, putting on a technical match in front of the U.S. fans is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. Um, so I thought that was pretty entertaining that uh, he thinks American fans are morons. But I digress. <laughs> I, I guess I could just play the sounder. That's about the equivalent, right? Why not, Doug? Who's trying keto now, dickhead? <laughs> Zack Sabre's such a good heel. Such a good heel, man. Um, How about that British Lance champion? Archer? Rematch that they're going to have, by the way. I can't wait oh. for that. <laughs> and Sonata works a lot of Rev Pro. Maybe it's a title change. Yeah. Ooh, I'm down for that. Uh, then we get now uh, Lance Archer via the claw pin defeats Will Ospreay or uh, with a claw and pins him instead of a choke slam. Just yeah. squeezes his head to the point he can't continue and gets pinned, which is incredible. I was like, oh, that was awesome because that's like real life. Like this guy yeah. squeezing this man's <laughs> head to the point he's like incapacitating him. It's like, holy shit, this is this is sadistic. Um, so real quick before I get into before I get into it, I gotta, I just, I want to throw, I want to preface something and throw something out there, and then I want your take on it. Obviously, this is I went five stars because that's all I have left. Oh, that makes and me I, so happy. I'll give I'll give my thoughts after after you, but let me say this first. There's one thing I've been preaching is every time Lance Archer was in a G1, I've always said he's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I, to, I don't, you know, once again, I don't know if you, if you had a chance to go back, but go back to like 2014 or whatever it was and watch that match against Tetsuya Naito when he just starts slamming his head off the ring post and then just throwing him off the turnbuckles. Um, <laughs> it, it match was incredible. Like it, he squashes Naito. It was awesome. Um, but he always works hard in these tournaments. He always does him. And you actually brought this up when we talked in the preview, as you said, I loved, I loved Osprey and Archer from the new Japan cup. Oh, Um, for sure. The thing that I had 
I had read and heard was Archer was hawking all these tickets at the da- at indie shows in Texas. It's his hometown. It's his homecoming. He was working his ass off to try to fill this building even more, um, to which made me really feel like he's getting his win back over Osprey. They they gave him the new finishing move. Maybe they'll try to do something with them as they should because this dude is working super hard. Um, and he went all out to get in there, and his performance showed it. And Will Osprey, you know, the dude's neck and neck with Kato Miyahara. I think this this puts Osprey back up, if if not ahead, right next to Miyahara. After you kind of talked me off the ledge on Miyahara, because he went in there with a guy that's not a not a sexy pick in, with Lance Archer and did it again. So I I guess all we need now is Will Osprey versus Kento Miyahara in a shoot match where we don't know the winner. And that's who I'm just giving my wrestler of the year to is I'll just wrestle for it. But um before I give thoughts, um just make it on yours, fire, bro. Oh shit, I'm streaming it. God, you, you got me excited. Then let me know because I wanna like call in and do something or I'll do I'll do uh, the announcing on that match. Yeah. The play by play. I mean, where where do you begin? First off, Lance Archer comes out looking like a marauder from the Mad Max movies with the new look, with the new mohawk, saying, Hey, people are going to die. And then right away you get Banner's Fly from Osprey, dive, you know, just all over the place, four fifty, and then Lance Archer kicks out at one. Again, he's, he gets hit with a Spanish fly. Osprey does a crazy tilt-to-world dive to the outside, and then a 450. He says, no, this is my night. I'm in my hometown. Yeah, there was a botched dive that Archer didn't technically grab him, but I think it was so out of in, in that aerial space he couldn't, but he made up for it by chokeslamming Will Osprey through a table right <laughs> this match was a brutal and and with the way that archer is this was something that you know you, that you should expect what i notice ryan like you always tell me new japan always tells stories you know whether it's from eight years ago whether it's from their match six months ago this was a show of threes that i noticed Kenta going for three go-to-sleeps, only being successful on one. Okada going, well, technically four Rainmakers, but in the beginning, he hits two Rainmakers, gets countered into one until, of course, he takes Tanahashi's head off, where literally Tanahashi flips back. But then Lance Archer hits a trio of power bombs: the buckle, a regular power bomb, and then a one onto the apron. Like, it was just <laughs> in the punishment that Will Ospreay took, but of course Ospreay getting his spots in there, um, you know, like where they're fighting onto the outside and there's a count out. Well, they're both kind of, you know, trying to get back to the ring. Archer just pushes Ospreay out of, you know, pretty, not into the, the steel steps, but pretty damn close, pushes Ospreay out of the way so Archer can get a, you know, so he can get a count out victory. Osprey somehow gets to the top rope as Archer is climbing into the ring and then essentially nails a springboard drop kick, a shooting star, Robinson special, and an Oscar os cutter, where again Archer kicks out. They made a beast. They made a contender out of Lance Archer. Freaking hell of a win, like you said. Pin by Riga Mortis as Osprey went into after experiencing that iron claw. But also, 
by that super blackout that he takes uh, after hitting a running knee while Osprey's on the top of the turnbuckle. I mean, I don't know if he really needed to jump because of how, what, 6'10", 6'11", Lance Archer is. Hits him with the knee, knocks him silly as he does throughout the match. The counter from the storm break into a joke slam, into, you know, counter by Osprey and Xavier Kicks. Again, they built a guy where I, I ask you this question now, Ryan. Have they made Lance Archer a legitimate threat in this tournament? Did we undersee the value of Lance Archer after you dominated Will Ospreay? Yes, he's a super junior. I get that. But also one of the best wrestlers in the world after dominating such a match. Can Archer make some noise in this G1 Climax 29? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know for sure if he's going to get, like, crazy, crazy wins. I think I think there's a chance you could change booking with this how this went. But, I, I, I mean, they, Gato's so stuck to, this is how we're going to do it, and we'll just do it that way. If anything, I think now they know that they could, they could do something with him if they really want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, just you hit every. Just think on Sunday. Sorry, I'll let you. We oh, he, what is he got Foley and Lance Archer. <laughs> Both guys with two points. Uh, that circled now on my. Oh, this is my must see match, and that has Kenta and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh my god, I forgot about Kenta Dada. Shit, um, dude. Archer and Folly after this after the second night we're gonna have one undefeated of those two still. Man in suit, man in suit. It's the the real Godzilla King of the Monsters in that match. It's Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong. So you know, as you mentioned it, you 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 mentioned everything about the match. Um, I loved the the uh, when he hit the the blackout or whatever the hell he calls that fate, that like basically reverse razor's edge. He hit it off the top. Yeah, that was disgusting. Um, the choke slam into the backflip into the enziguri. I that was one of the callbacks from the New Japan Cup. I hope they were going to redo for the Dallas fans because that was just it's just so beautiful. That's one. It's like I don't care that they already did that. I I was more happy they redid it. Um, Alex, this is my match of the year. Wow. This this match. I I I didn't have a, a vested interest in either to win because mm-hmm. I was I was rooting for Archer to to succeed and I I like Osprey a lot but I like I went from sitting in my chair to pacing my living room to sitting on my floor to like Jen slept upstairs I was screaming <laughs> I was I was oh my god like. I was Joey Stylesing it, I guess you could say. Um, this, this, this is this is my match of the year. I, I've given three, three five stars this year: um, Abushi Naito and Osprey Shingo, and this blew both of those away. Wow! For me, I I loved it. I freaking loved it. And when this was the, so that was the other thing too. Is so. I'm going where I just had my match of the year and I still have Kenta Kota Ibushi. 
And then right before Kent Dakota Ibushi, when they, they smart, smartly booked Evil and Fale as like the come down, then I mm-hmm. saw that four and three quarters with Sabre and Sonata. Those are a couple factors, too, which made Kenta and Kota kind of go, damn, this was a little letdown because of what I had just seen on top of everything that I already explained. But I, 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 I literally walked away. Like, I knew Jordan had watched that match because he sent that thing to the group, and I was like, shut your dick. Don't say nothing. I don't care what you liked or didn't like. I don't want any spoilers. Um, I, I like jumped on the Xbox Live because I saw him playing, and I was like, I just watched Archer and Osprey, and I have to talk to somebody about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, did you did you oh you didn't like it? I was like, Dude, that was my match of the year. I didn't even have to think twice when it was over. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go. Is that a five star? I think that's five. I went. This is the best match I've seen in 2019, and I was in I was in Japan for nine shows. <laughs> like I. It, I I can't fathom how great this match was. This was incredible. Imagine him in Big Japan. Oh my god. I want to see Lance Archer and Yuji Okabayashi. Oh my gosh. Or Lance Jim Archer Ishikawa and... would be tight. <laughs> That's just was going. Let's like Two I want choke slams. It'll be an Undertaker homage match. Let's not forget. Lance Archer, by the way, did old school on the ropes, but walked two sets, two sides of the ring flawlessly. Keep going, and he killed him when he jumped off and clubbed yeah. him. So when I said that that Davy Boy Smith's a free agent, and I hope to God he goes to All Japan, because I would love to see Davy work those guys. And you said, yeah, you know, it'd be cool. I like to get intrigued. I want to see more Davy. Let's just get Lance Archer over there. Killer Elite Squad Violent Giants. Let's do it. Let's that's, just my, do uh, that's our match of the year in 2020. It's yeah, already going to happen. If we have another cross show for, for, the, for Baba again next year, <laughs> Violent Giants. Let's, oh, let's get KES against Strong BJ, Sakamoto and Okabayashi. Oh, like, I, I am – Lance Archer is must-see for me now. I I'm so happy you thought that. I'm so happy you like this match because honestly, <laughs> and this was a hard weekend for me, Ryan. You know why? We had Stranger Things season three come out. We had, of course, the G1 climax. Sister came into town. Awesome surprise. Had a lot of family time. Had a lot of you know intermediate family time. But damn, when I when I was told, hey, you want to go do this? Hey, you want to go do that? I'm biting my nails, thinking, God, we have Stranger Things. And the G1 Climax in Dallas, where I, you know, on and, and of Long to Mow, by the way, which is never fun, but so much <laughs> stuff to do. And I didn't watch both of those until Monday. So it, I legit could not go on the internet because I didn't want to be stupidly spoiled for either of these events. Because both of these were events, and I'm really happy, um, which... I'm not gonna lie. I was spoiled on on the uh, the Archer Osprey match, but I just read the headline because it was on my Google gimmick, and I was like, okay. And that was like Sunday afternoon. I was like, no more internet for me. I for, I didn't even go swimming because I wanted to start the G1 on Sunday, and I was like, I I can't watch the rest of it because <laughs> we're on a Stranger <laughs> Things binge. But I'm so happy you said that because again, that that's exactly how I felt with this match. Match of the year, yeah. I mean, again, what Osprey does, he does just as good in defeat as he does winning. And like you 
that 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 puts him over, you know, in some aspects to a Kenta Miyahara because we don't see him lose that much. You know, yeah, he does the lightning knees and whatnot, and you know, he he does his celebration, he does his cockiness, but Osprey man, just like Abushi, he can sell. Like the best of them, he can make it look like, man, I just got you know choke slammed onto a table. I'm gonna lie here dead. I'm gonna you know not make this twenty count back to the ring, but somehow I'm going to make it to a top turnbuckle and give you a drop kick. You know, it was just <laughs> great counters by both of these guys. Hey, we saw two Spanish flies in this match. Usually, I'm like, eh, you're redoing it, but I was like, shit, give me more. How do you yeah. counter a super choke slam into a super Spanish fly? Oh yeah, you know why? Because it's Will F and Osprey. You have a Lance Archer just again dominating, dominating this match, and I'm so happy. The usage of new maneuvers. This is a guy where if they don't take the ball and run with him, sorry Braun Strowman, the big guy gimmick is up because Lance Archer has it over tenfold almost everyone in the wrestling industry after after Saturday. Oh my god, that was I oh, I it's one of those ones where if I don't go back and watch it, I'm not going to care cuz I just want to keep that memory of how much I liked it in my mind. And it's not <laughs> like I don't think I'll ever, you know, I, I don't think I'd watch it and change my thought, but like when that match was over, I literally I remember standing up going, "Wow!" Wow! Like I couldn't get over how good it was. Whew! Man, That's that was awesome. tight. All right, That's so awesome. we've covered two shows and we've already hit our two hour. Uh, we are not live in three minutes. So, so I didn't think we <laughs> on Facebook and/or go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media. Another three hours special, or maybe two and a half. Um. And also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Even though Stitcher hasn't had the last couple of episodes on their library, but you could also find us over on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Where oh, we handle that. So Spotify or Stitcher doesn't get a plug then. So I take care of that, bitch. <laughs> God, Archer and Osprey was so good. <laughs> so out of these matches, out of, you know, and also follow us on Twitter at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Give us a like and some love over on Facebook, WrestleCast Radio and Strong Style Media. Out of these matches, would the Archer and Osprey one be the one that you would show a new New Japan watcher, or would it be Okada Tanahashi for the safe bet? Oh, oh, that's hard, because the Osprey Archer was so, like, eye-popping, but, like, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to see some rest, like a wrestling match to get you into a company, I go main event, but man, if you want to see some high spots that, that if you go, WWE is amazing. You should see the way that they do their, um, you know, the trouble in paradise. I go, I'm going to show you Will Osprey and Lance Archer, you know, or <laughs> boy, the way that they, that, that Bobby Lashley spears Rey Mysterio was so violent. Okay, I'm going to show you Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, and let me show you somebody being pinned via rigor mortis, as Alex said, because of a claw where he's squeezing his temples and skull, and he can't get up from it. Let me show you that. You want to see something violent. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so if we, if we cut off for the next minute, minute and a half, like Alex said, it will be podcastable. We'll try to not 
go for eight more hours. We'll try to wrap this up here on a good way. Um, you should we should we jump into some news and then go to the go to the previews? Um, yeah. You want to just to the well, I would say let's just preview. Uh, we'll just preview night two of the B block, the first night of the B block, um, which we should get back to you next week as we uh, talk uh, B blocks night one and then night two of the A and B block. Um, we got Juice Robinson taking on Shingo Takage. We got Toriano and Tetsuya Naito, which they always have a fun time because Naito's always irked by Yano's hijinks. Tomohiro Ishii taking on Jeff Cobb. <laughs> the battle of the hosses. Stature doing shit to these guys. Hiroki Goto taking on Jay White, having on a one of the, I would say, New Japan's better rivalries uh, from the fall. Uh, besides him and Okada, I get it. But him and Goto had some good stuff in the spring. And then John Moxley taking on Taiichi, which, what? Could be interesting. Taichi has shown some vast improvements, unless you know you talk about him and Naito. Uh, but uh, Taichi looking good against Ishii over that never open weight championship. Um, how do you come off after night one of the uh, A block, Ryan? And do you think they could do it with this B block card? I, I'm not going to try to be negative here, but there's no way that night one of the B block is going to live up to what I saw on night one of the A block. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm setting the bar low, which is a good thing because then I don't have high expectations. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a solid show. Uh, I feel bad for Taichi. He flies over to Dallas to do the press conference and then isn't booked because his opponent isn't in a match, so they can't do Moxley and, say, Umino against Taichi mm-hmm. and uh, Katamaro or something. So <laughs> Taichi just kind of hanging out there. Um, I don't think it'll be as good, but there's a lot of solid, a lot of solid on here. Um, really quick running down. Um, I got Juice, Naito, Cobb, White, and Moxley getting my wins. What do you got? I got uh, Shingo. I got Naito. <laughs> I got Ishii. I got Jay White and Moxley getting the win. Also, do a little quick preview, Ryan, because I think night two of the A block can possibly uh, take over night one of the B block. We oh got Will Ospreay taking on Sonata, Kazuchika Okada <laughs> taking on Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi taking on Evil, Archer versus Bad Luck Folly, oh and my, my new match to watch, and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Oh Kenta. my God. Sorry, I am B-block. so mad that the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Whoa. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So the 13th is Saturday, right? Saturday, yep. Okay, good. I'm off Saturday. I got to be down at the armory for the boxing at like 5. So I can, I'll can i be able to watch this. But Sunday, Monday, I'm in at 7 a.m. So oh. I'll have to catch up on those. So I got two, I got those two shows to watch. And then I got, I got Extreme Rules to get. I was about to okay. say, what do you watch? Do you watch... Uh... Do you watch night or uh, night two of the A block or Extreme Rules? <laughs> well, I'm gonna watch night two of the A block. Thankful. Oh my God. What? I, oh shoot. What? Do I, well, I guess I could try to do them both. Look, my here's my my order. As I'm going night two of the A block, then I'll watch Fight for the Fallen, and then it's either Extreme Rules or night two of the B block, and then the other one um, the next day. Well, let's, and then we let's got to say because we because. Because we want to be consistent. So maybe if we just do a G1 show next Tuesday, audience, and then maybe middle of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll do Fight for the Fallen uh, and Extreme Rules recap. How about that, Ryan? 
So we're not kind of throwing yeah. it all together. So, so um, we're, um, excuse me, I just got gas from chugging the rest of that dang um, energy drink. The bang. Bang hard. Um, so Sunday, Sunday, I, I, you know, I have to do. So Tuesday, I work 7 to 3.30, maybe longer. We'll see what happens. Wednesday, I work also at 7. And then Friday, I work at 8. And then noon on Saturday. So I'm off for sure Thursday. So Thursday is a lock. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll, we'll definitely get that New Japan show. And then probably if maybe maybe Wednesday, just to be safe with things. I'm going to try to not work six days my first week in that store. I got covered, so I'm going to try to not work that Wednesday. Then when mm-hmm. I get home on Tuesday, I'll do a longer day Tuesday for my planning day. I can get everything caught up and watched. And then maybe that night we do New Japan, and then Wednesday, Thursday, we could do the other stuff. So Alex right. is on point with it. I'm, I'm getting on board. I'm, I'm I'm working this out, so we'll be we'll be good here. But uh, dude, this I mean this this on paper after what we saw might be better than the first show. And what a perfect guy again for Kenta now if he wants with Tanahashi, where he can kind of slow it down a little bit and go at a different pace. Mm-hmm. So it's man, perfect. does Kenta go to now? I got Sonata, Saber, Abushi, Fale, and Kenta as my five. Oof. I have what? Where is all this? I have Sonata, Okada, Evil, Archer, and Kenta. Wow, so we have two, so Juice and Cobb and and Shingo and Ishii with you, and then we have the Okada, uh, Evil and Archer as our difference on that one. So we'll have a little bit of uh, a little bit of separation from us as the, it's four and one to three and two right now. I like it. We're getting in there. If Saber <laughs> beats Okada like you predict, is he a briefcase challenger in the fall? No, he will be an Okada title challenger in the fall. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yes, that's yeah. what I meant. Oh, yeah. Title yeah. Challenge, yeah. That's, that's why I have. I have I have two Okada losses because there's two uh, shows he's headline. And Saber I have getting one of them. We we should come up with some kind of like a like a like a like a wager between the two of us or a, something like somebody has to do something or somebody wins something for a little little board bet here because I feel like these are going to be a lot closer than I thought they were going to be um with our predictions because we're already getting that far apart from each other. So that's going to be awesome. Um, (laughs) And close that weekend, uh, Toriano taking on Shingo Takage, Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii and Jay White, Jeff Cobb, John Moxley, and Tetsuya Naito Taichi, who have to make up from their horrendous new beginning match in February. Um, So I feel like they're going to go hard because they know people hated that match. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Naito's getting carted off and covered. It was like a WWE stretcher job bullcrap. Thankfully. What do you have for predictions for these five? I got Shingo. I got Goto. I have Jay White over Ishii, sadly. Uh, John Moxley over Cobb and Tetsuya Naito getting the win back over Taichi. The only thing I have different is I'm going Tomohiro Ishii over Jay White. Respect. Yeah, I should have that. I should have that, but no, I got Jay White. <laughs> well, here because here was my thing is I had to look and I was like, God, I have Jay White winning like every match. He's got to lose somewhere. Why can't it be Tomohiro Ichi? Damn it! <laughs> How about that match though? That's going to be effing good though. I, I don't know if they've ever touched before outside of a tag match, but 
my God, just the conflicting of styles and just the assholery of Jay White is going to get under uh, Ishii's skin, which I think that's going to be his downfall into that match. But whew, can't wait. That's what a good, I'm excited that's a good for. What, what, what makes me really excited for that, too, is um, you, we're going to get to have uh, Tomohiro Ishii is going to do the you know, I kind of hope there's a little bit of shenanigans, and I know I, I shouldn't say that. That's not, you know, I usually hate sh- all these shenanigans. But uh-huh. <laughs> the thing that really intrigues me is I can't wait to watch a guy like Ishii fight off said shenanigans. Like, I think ah. it would be awesome if a guy like, oh, here comes here comes Gato and Jado, and he just starts beating the shit out of them to get him out of the ring type thing. So so he's going to uh, be essentially like Ben K against Ito. Oh. Did you read that Which, article I, I that sent I was about group? to say, the one time I will shout out Voices of Wrestling, besides, of course, the wonderful Sue Williams, is what there's a wonderful article on Ben K. I read that uh, through and through. I shed a tear. Uh, cannot wait for the uh, for him and Pac coming up this <laughs> month. Man, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe World, man. I got to figure out what day that is and when. And I think it's, you know, I'll get a damn answer right now. Because um, I, wa- I want to. Like the 23rd, for the- maybe? Yeah, it's it's. Let me. Where's my quota? There we go, quota. I have this awesome like calendar schedule thing that shows every single day in Japan and every ma- every show. Like Sunday, wow. July seventh at noon at Tokyo Shinkiba First Ring zero one. Also at noon at the Toyama Ta- uh, Taka Takaoka Ikuru Stardom to- at Cork and Hall as well at noon. Sendai Girls at the Tokyo KFC Hall as Tokyo Women's. Um, Joshi Women Pro at the Kame Arena at 1, 2AW, which is Kai and Tai Dojo at 2 in Chiba, All Japan at 3 p.m. at Hokkaido, uh, Shien, I don't know that, that company, at 3 at the Osaka Spa World, uh, Gamushara, don't know what that is, that's at uh, 3 o'clock at the Fukuoka Moji Red Brick Place, um, Others, which is just another indie, 3 o'clock at Fukuoka, Ita Basashi, uh, 3.30 in Tokyo, Dragon Gate in Fukui, at 5, DDT at the Osaka Hirano Civic Hall at 5, Basara and DDT running a joint show at Tokyo KFC Hall at 5, OSW at 5 at the Tokyo Art Center White Studio, another others at 5.30 in Saitama, Dove Pro is running a Hiroshima Marina Hop at 6, and then Oz Academy at Tokyo Shinjuku Face at 6. So, like, this is what I used when we went to Tokyo. Like, <laughs> I just had this whole, like, everything on there. Uh, Monday, uh, 666 at 10 o'clock in Tokyo. Others is also running at 645 at Cork and Hall. Dragon Gate also on the night at the Hyogo Kobe Rapids Hall at 7. And then Nishigushi at the Tokyo Antonio Inoki Bar in Shinjuku at 10. And so on and so forth. Maybe I'll send you this thing. So you should actually, you can have it too. Um, Tight. Let's see. Dragon Gate Kobe World um, is on the 21st. Okay. It's a Sunday. Maybe, maybe Alex flies in and then flies out. Sunday. Is there a, <laughs> is there a tournament gimmick on the 21st? No, but we could watch Zack Sabre Jr. take on Bad Luck Fale, Kenta take on Evil, Kota Ibushi, Sonata, Tanahashi, Lance Archer, Archer with the W there, and Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay. That'd be fun. Woo! And and if we needed to be caught up, Taichi and Shingo, Moxley and Ishii, Naito and Goto, Juice and Cobb and White and Yano. Man. <laughs> 
Oh, and the day before that, Kenta Lance Archer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't think he can kick Archer. Okada Folly, Kota Osprey. They just don't they don't they don't get worse. Jeez, man. man. Night three. It's like, it's like the LA Clippers of uh of, of wrestling. Ooh, ooh. Come on now, we're having a good show. <laughs> so is Boogie he, all he has to do is play for the Clippers and he has California all stamped out, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's riding that coast. Man. I gotta say this. Not to not to try to turn turn away because we're we're literally you know still half the show left or more than half the show left. Um, I was so bummed when they didn't get Kawhi, but the way that they filled the team out with that money was incredible. Like that, mm-hmm. Rob, you get a standing ovation. I was saying fire Palinka, fire Palinka, and then he put the, he got Boogie at two point three million. Are you kidding me? He got Boogie cheaper than Seth Curry. Come on now. <laughs> Avery Bradley's on the team. They brought back yeah. JaVale, KCP, and Rondo, who are nice role players. LeBron's going to play point guard so they can play Kuz, AD, and Boogie. And then they got Danny Green. Like, they got a nice little squad, man. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Taylor Horton Tucker, who they brought into the second round to get. Nice little pick there. Uh, they brought back Caruso. I'm happy, man. I'm happy. This is good. Dude, there's I like, should say there's, the Western Conference is the A block of, of basketball. There, you, there's an argument that could be made that Golden State is the ninth best team and might not make the playoffs. Like, yeah. Both LA teams, the, the Trailblazers got Hassan Whiteside, and they, they made Utah. it to the final. Utah could make it to the championship. They, they, got that, they, they added uh, Conley. And Bojan Bogdanovic to that team? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Um, I mean, it's just it's Houston's always going to be there. Denver, like, dude. The, so you, you don't think Russell's going to uh, to help out Golden State though? That's your guy. Yeah, well, that, and and here's the thing: is when they when Clay comes back in February, I don't know. Maybe they trade Russell then. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But man. Dude, dude, I'm gonna have to get league pass this year. This Western Conference is so gangster. <laughs> it's just so, <laughs> can you ever really call out Popovich? Nope. No. This year no. maybe, but no. Oh, all right. <clears throat> so we got fight for the fall and extreme rules to preview, and we got some some news and notes. Um, fight for the fallen. From All Elite Wrestling Down in their home base of Jacksonville, Florida <laughs> a Decent show This looks okay the, the Two pre-show matches um, One of them I don't want to see And one of them doesn't make sense Thank you I bring, I bring this to the table Why do they not care about, Why do they not think that A, a pre-show should be something to captivate an audience that doesn't know you. Instead, we're getting Sonny Kiss versus Pierre Avalon. The li- they even poked fun on the latest being the elite of how bad the library is. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved how they crossed out the Good Brothers on the, uh, the yeah. list there. The <laughs> um, and then Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela. I think that's a fun team. Taking on Sammy Guevara. Shout out Sammy Guevara. Team Deathmatch. Like, what? Doesn't make sense due to storyline. Uh, Come on now. 
They're doing WWE stuff already, which I believe I texted you when I showed you yeah. that picture. I was like, what? Even even to be fair, even MJF tweeted, which I believe you showed me, like, what? Why is this happening? <laughs> and that's the one thing too. Like MJF is, uh, I'm telling you, man, if that guy can just you know get his in ring work going, like, which is improving, he is Velveteen Dream for me. He's yeah. the guy where. Just take your time with the guy, and you're going to have a, a star. You're going to have your next star. That promo, I still can't get over how good was at Fighter Fest. Yeah. I, promo he, was, he lays it down. That's one of the best heel promos I've seen in years. Um, otherwise, what do we got? Only five matches on the card. Might be a short show. Um, first round by a Tempe's uh, in another play-in match, for all we know. Kazarian uh, Scorpio Sky taking on the Lucha Bros. Um, that's going to be awesome. That'll be and that. How can you not you know, be excited for that match? I am. I am. And to be fair, it's it's nice that it's not Lucha Bros and Bucks again. That's what makes yeah. me happy. I to just be fair. I hope they don't talk about it being another tournament thing. That's all. <laughs> but uh, which if they do why not you know it adds a little bit more to the match you know it's not just going to be your your basic run-of-the-mill tag match which with these four guys how can you have that plus you get the fallen angel on commentary uh yeah. but, you know people talk about angels of wonders let's throw frankie kazarian into that not only is he a, a rock star but and and a fantastic wrestler who's been doing it it seems like forever who looks better without hair than with, but my God, man, <laughs> during that being the elite and he's like trying to get, you know, out of the hotel room. I was like, that's goals when I'm in my mid forties is to look like that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and he's got a cigar line with Cody Rhodes. It's yeah. Awesome. Kudos to um, you, uh, Frankie. So, um, my old, like, like, like I said, my only fear is going to be if they, if they go, this this match is for the first round bye. And then Lucha Bros win. So now Kazarian Scorpio Sky won a match to get a chance to have a first round bye to lose that. And now they have to have a match just to be in the... T- oh, no, never mind. They, best Friends won. I'm wrong. Okay, forget yeah. it. Forget it. even said nothing. We're just going to move on. We're going to forget that ever happened. Uh, Adam Page taking on Kip Sabian. Uh, nice, easy match. You, you get Adam Page a W... Uh, showcase Kip Sabian, and I think what, what I like is get to see what Adam Page can do with a lesser-known guy, see, see how well he can get him over. Agreed. The tables have turned for uh, one hangman page there uh, because he used to always kind of be in the position Kip Sabian is, but now, uh, like you said, this should be a showcase match for him. I know a little from him, um, so I'm excited to kind of see, see this match. A good tune-up for the uh, All Elite uh, Heavyweight Championship at All Outs for Adam Page. Um, Brandy Rhodes taking on Allie. Woo! Your match of the year. Calling it now. <laughs> this might be an easy watch, actually, for the show. Um, money end of the card, though. Kenny Omega, Shima. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm coming for. <laughs> yeah. I, I think That's it's going to be great. Event. Uh, Kenny Omega should get the W here. This this should be a fairly a minus the main event. This should be a pretty simply simple to pick winners and losers on. Um, Omega should get the win over Shima, so he's got that momentum for Moxley. But this is going to be really good. Shima, 
I mean, Shima can go when he needs to. Kenny will bring it out of him. This is going to be fun. Do we see any uh, appearances by uh, El Lindemann and or T-Hawk uh, in the corner of Shima? That's what I was wondering. Because they're working a, um, a house show. Right? Or not a house what? show. They're just doing like a random indie U.S. show in Florida or somewhere. Um, like tomorrow. What? <laughs> yeah. It's, wow. They're, just, lucky they're just doing a random like indie shot. I, I'll see if I can find it. But I was like, the hell? Like they're just working this <laughs> little rando indie. Oh, they're gonna be there. If if we knew uh Matt and Nick weren't going to have their uh, hands tied with another set of brothers, I said, Hey, that could set up something uh, pretty fun down the line, but maybe that's towards uh, TNT Wednesday night dynamite time where we get the uh, the three on three action. Of hashtag strong hearts, not the good hearts of there, Mr. Jackson, uh, against the, the elite. That's going to be freaking fire. Just like uh, when you sent me that, that fake promo teaser of uh, Undisputed Era and the club, which, if you're smart, you save that for, for war games in Chicago. Because you bring like, so the good... the... So there's a picture of T-Hawk. He's out there, like, sunbathing. This is kind of entertaining. Uh, somebody said... Uh, Lindemann's got drip. Just saw T Hawk and L Lindemann in line outside of the G1 in Dallas. Why were T Hawk no. and L Lindemann's house? Um, so they're doing some. I'm, I'm trying to. I think it was at that show actually with. Um, they did in Texas. I think they were just on a random Texas indie show. Hey, you got to get that uh, exposure, right? Yeah, so that makes me wonder, like you said, they, they got to be doing Fighter Fest. Maybe they'll just be added added to like uh, just another match that hasn't been televised yet or something. But maybe a match for the buy in the first round of the AEW Tag Team <laughs> Tournament. <laughs> Let me check Lance Hoyt Archer's Twitter um, and see if I can find this this picture. K E S. Wait, that's the um, guy from the E in the 2000s? Mm-hmm. And he was in TNA? Wait, Wait was TNA? Yep. Before, uh, he was in TNA before WWE. Holy crap, that is the same guy. <laughs> you you <laughs> sound like oh my God. a slut. Wow, talk about getting better with age. Well, probably because he was held down, but... No, no disrespect to Mister Mister Archer, but wow, I can't believe that. That's crazy. You're like, like baby Ruthie, the great Bambino. Oh my God, that's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, here we go. KES International Incorporated presents King of Texas Tournament uh, Special Tag Match: Fly Def taking on Strong Hearts. So they're just there for a random indie shot in Dallas. So they just went to G1. Let's so random. That's awesome. Um, and then we got, I'm assuming the main event, Young Bucks, Cody Dustin. Think this will live to the hype? I think so. I, I mean, yes. I, I, I could not see it not live up to the hype. I mean, the Bucks in one corner against a tag team. They, you know, that many people, what, three, four years ago were very high on in the WWE when they were Goldust and Stardust. You know, where they did win the stress, where they did have a nice run, where everyone was hoping they would get the, uh, 
you know, kind of the one-off, you know, one-on-one match there. I think if they they have their shoes on as they did in Vegas, yeah, this is going to be a very compelling match. The Bucks have been taunting them on being the elite. Um, And and I think Cody and Dustin, yeah, it's enough said. It's wrestling at its finest. Old school versus hashtag dive. Nothing wrong with that. This is going to be fun. Um, This, yeah, like you said, this could be a damn good, uh, nice watch here. Of course, Fight for the Fallen, uh, you know, kind of being, you know, utilized as well as, uh, you know, kind of uh, making the events where all the proceeds are donated to victims of gun violence. Um, So very awesome going to the Jacksonville uh, Victim Assistance Advisory Council Council to help victims of violent crime. So uh, uh, looks like a, a good show going to a great cause there. So. Kudos again to All Elite Wrestling, which you can watch and stream Bleacher Report live. Again, another free show. Ryan, how are they doing this? Just are they getting friends from Turner? Just say, hey, run this, get the exposure out. So Bleacher, they have an agreement whether they're going to do all their pay-per-views on BR Live. So I think yep. BR Live is try, is running these for free because now think of it this way. If, if you're somebody who hasn't seen this before, and you look and it's you're like, oh, I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to watch this. Um, ah, but it's it's twenty bucks or fifty bucks, whatever. Oh, it's not bad. Ah, oh, but I got to sign up for an account. I'm just gonna not watch it because you're already kind of there's all that extra stuff you got to do. Well, they get a bunch of people just randomly sign up for this free account. Now you got it at your fingertips. Ah, I might as well order the show. Um, I think they get to test the amount of people on it too. They get to test the bandwidth. Uh, and it's it's a nice it's a nice fresher. I think it's a, I think it's smart. I think running these free shows is a good idea. Yeah, what did they say? Fighter Fest they 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 uh, accounted for over three hundred thousand uh, logins, like newer logins. Yeah, it was, it was huge numbers. So I think it's smart. Um, I totally realized something. Ah, shit. You're pregnant. Um, Look, I didn't, I didn't want that to leak. Oh Alex, shit! Are... <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's the same guy. Um, <laughs> also on. <laughs> so aside from Monday being the on the fifteenth, the G one coming back, or the last night of that those G one shows, there's another show that we didn't we've totally needed to preview that we're not gonna we're gonna not have enough time to preview oh, or talk. You're not talking about Peter Pan, are you? Peter Pan is on the 15th. Oh, my God. (laughs) Extreme rules might get bumped by me, man. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fine with that. Let's, uh, let me see here. I don't see a card anywhere, though. So, we got two pre-show matches. Uh, the first, so it's uh, the 2019 Peter Pan at the Tokyo Oda Ward uh, Gymnasium. We have the Hotel St. Inn Kurashiki presents exhibition match. Uh, Keigo Nakamura taking on the man that will be leaving us very soon, Kota Umeda. I hope Umeda kicks the hell out of him. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the Nihon partner, Kaiki Services presents Tokyo Joshi Pro Undermatch, the Tokyo Joshi match they always give us. Uh, Rika Tatsunami, Nodoka Tenma, and Yuki Aino taking on Natsumi Maki, Yuna Manase, and Himiwari Unagi. That should be fun. Also, want to bring this up at the Tokyo Joshi Pro Rainbow Pink and Nagoya match or show. Um, 
no Shoko or no Yuka Sakazaki on it that has been announced. She was in a three-way because she is being pulled. She's going to be at Fight for the Fallen. Just hasn't been no. announced yet. So we are going to get Yuka Sakazaki there. Thank God. So that's exciting. Um, getting into the show though, man. This this card, dude. Uh, we got Shunma Katsumata, Yuki Ino, and Mizuki Watase taking on Yuki Ueno, uh, Naomi Yoshimura, and Nobuhiro Shimatami. That should be a nice little six-man. Yoshimura, our Midwest guy. Yuki Ueno is always cut to shreds. Uh, Shimatami, Oof. afterlife from uh, Damnation, it looks like. He's also tagging with uh, Kanosuke Takashita on a show coming up. So it looks like he is out of Damnation. I missed that. Um, then we have the DNA First Life alumni match, Kazusada Haguchi and Ryota Nakatatsu, Nakatsu, uh, taking on Kodo Mita, who's working again, and Koki Iwasaki. So that's dope. We get another <laughs> Umeda match. The Super Joshi Pro Wars 2019. Alex, this is this is the match. Saki Akai, the woman who's always in that yes. Iron Man heavy metal weight, taking on Yoshihiko. Wow. Ooh, that could be that guy. I want to see what she can do with Yoshiku. Wow. Um, going right down, this is one that we we glowed, uh we, we we gleamed about last week. Uh DDT Extreme Title, the Upon Fluorescent Light Tube Deathmatch. Akito defending <laughs> against Asuka. So we're gonna death match at Peter That's Pan with Akito and Asuka. <laughs> Which is crazy Holy because crap. I don't think it was announced as a death match no. um, at that last World 2 show there. So um, this there is, is the first a, I'm uh, seeing. On the Reddit page for DD Pro, because I'm trying to look for the card, there is the press conference from yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Let's go. Um, then we get the, uh, what, what everyone loves, the Iron Man heavy metal weight title time difference battle royal. Toru Washi, the current champion, uh, is in this with Kuro-chan, Shiro Koshinaka, which blows my mind that he's in this. Uh, Furitsuke Kamen, I believe he was that random DJ guy last year that came out playing the air piano. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Joey Ryan's in it. Yukio Sakaguchi uh, from... From Tokyo Joshi Pro, she's the little one that I said is like Jen with the bear claws. Uh, Makoto Oishi, Antonio Honda is going to be in there. My guy, uh, Kazuki Hirata, I got to DM him back because he told me where I can buy some of his merch. Shout out to him typing it to me in English. Uh, Mad Pauly's in it. Tomomitsu Matsunaga. Gorgeous Matsuno's old ass. Hiroshi Yamato. We saw Yamato in that uh, Dino trial series with all the people. Uh, Yuki Kamifuku is going to come back in it And Podokan <laughs> Or Podo, po, Pokotan Excuse me, Pokotan so, Oh my gosh right. The uh, Second generation Versus the Taiho third generation The match that I have been Clamoring for Alex to see um, Especially now that he's finally got to or He's going to get He's going to get into Get to see this guy more uh, Yuki Onaya, the man who we watched get it, just that stiff ass match with Kazusada Haguchi, taking on Hideki Suzuki from Big Japan. Wow. Let's go. Oh, it's going to be a freaking hoss fight. That's big. Masahiro Takanashi, our man with the, with the baggy pants, teaming with Chris Brooks to take on the Moonlight Express. That'll be sick. Wow. That'll be really good. Holy 
Then we get a weapons rumble, Sanshiro Takagi against the Super Sasa Dago machine. I hope Takagi comes out with a laser pointer. Presentation. <laughs> oh my um, god, they, the PowerPoint. But what's the gimmick with the match besides the weapons? Like what why are they feuding? It is for the O forty title. Uh, I think it's an over forty year old title that they made. <laughs> oh, I love this company. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Um, final three matches, the, the beaten potatoes, uh, the dramatic dream match this year, Shinny Aoki and Dan Shoko Dino, which we saw Aoki as po- Pokotan on the last show. MMA. Dino. Um, then we get the KOD tag titles, Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao defending against Yasu Urano. Yes. And That's going to be tight. Hiroshima and Daisuke Sasaki in there. And then the KOD overweight title. Yep. It's the end of Kanosuke Takashita rematch from two years ago, which got me into DDT. Whoo! God, I... That's a hell of a card. I, yeah, Extreme Rules might be bumped. Minus, like, <laughs> there's, like, two matches I, I'd want to watch, not including the main event. But, yeah, I I full-heartedly rather watch DDT. Wow. Well, Japan, <laughs> you are lucky. To get such great quality of wrestling. I'll, I'll spitball this through for everybody. Uh, Extreme Rules, the revival, defending the tag titles against the Usos. In a last man standing, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. I uh, Ricochet, Braun Strowman had a broken spleen. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bobby Lashley, I thought, was like crippled. No, but he, came he back- murdered the greatest mask of all time. Which I wanted to ask you, is Rey Mysterio the greatest mask of all time? I would say no. Well, but because no, it's ligers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. F that dude. Dean, I cannot beat Jushin Liger. True. <laughs> Dean, no, my leg. Um, Ricochet, AJ, that should be fun. Alistair yeah. Black, Cesar, that should be fun. Yeah, that's one. Um, then we get Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan defending against the New Day and Heavy Machinery. It'd be fun. Which I'll say this too. Somebody mentioned this uh, when it came to what? What was the last pay per view they just had? Uh, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> was it Roadblock? <laughs> uh, Great American Bash. Stopping grounds. That's what it was. That's what I could think of it. I did look at on the internet. If they would have done what. Any Japanese smart company does. They should have had Otis and Tucker work heel and have Daniel Bryan face. Because one, you would have had the crowd behind Daniel Bryan, which they were, no matter what anyway. And two, you could have seen what heavy machinery could have been like as heels. Yeah. Instead of doing you the caterpillar. Yeah. And, and instead, they just go, oh, it's not going against the grain. Like, kids will be hard and Kazuchika Okada do this, and they don't know what they're doing. Ah, they're not good shit. Uh, Drew Gulak defending against Tony Nice. Um, Bailey d- defending against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a handicap match. What? Sasha Banks. <laughs> Let's hope. I hope she comes back to face Becky uh, at SummerSlam. But uh, Kofi defending against Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, and then. Bard match, Undertaker and Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Uh, for those of you who want to know what 
Undertaker is in this match. Uh, he said it last week on Raw in the most incoherent promo he's cut since the last time he was on Raw. Um, maybe they he maybe they should write his promos because he said, "I'm here, so you could go, and I'll tell you why." In purgatory, I was like, "What are you talking about, bro?" It was better uh, when he had me laughing at burying holes and taking souls, which is still the funniest <laughs> promo ever. But now it's just sad. Now that you say that, um, it's like last Clint Eastwood at the Republican convention talking. By <laughs> uh, the old racist guy. Here's my grand Torino. I thought he was going to come back as the American badass for a minute. Um, really awesome. got winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for both the WWE Universal Championship and the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Seth Rollins Most predictable match of the year? Oh, God, yeah. There's no way in hell Baron Corbin's becoming the Universal Champion. And Kofi's got to beat Samoa Joe because I'm telling you, they got to have Shane McMahon beat him, right? No, because you got to have Joe. I, I think you have Joe beat him, especially if Kofi Kingston is injured. Yes, he says he will wrestle, but you got to give Joe a, a championship, right? Not the U.S. championship. You have to let him hold the coveted heavyweight championship, have a strong heel go into the fall as your champion. If he doesn't win then, he has to win at SummerSlam. Here, here's my one problem with this show, too. They've... They've kind of took a turn, especially with Raw, where you can tell that there is Paul Heyman touching. And it's a couple of things have been pretty cringe. The Maria Canellis, Mike Bennett thing might have been the <laughs> worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life of wrestling. Like, if you know all that, that did you see that thing? But the terrible promo with the four of them in the back, and then the the match, which Mike Bennett sucks, and then the post match thing. Did you watch that whole conglomerate? segment i i read a lot of it but i did watch where where uh she announced that she was pregnant and that it should be by becky lynch and she's like becky lynch you want to call yourself the man and talk about all the accomplishments you have why don't you push an eight pound human being out of your uterus and i was like yeah. oh, okay and then she's like i'm gonna bring my bitch to the ring why don't you bring yours <laughs> so the things yeah. she talked Mike Bennett would, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If this was a three month long running angle and that was the payoff, I think you could have maybe made a sympathy baby face push with Mike Bennett. You have some other random chick come pick him up and go through the whole thing with that. And then you have a feud when Maria comes back and Hey, maybe it works, but you, it was like they, they forgot to show everybody how they got to the finish of the angle and then just did that. <laughs> Uh, like, they rapid-fired it. Like, literally, like, after all that, I was like, huh, that could have been effective if they would have been doing this since April. Agreed. Um, so, but explain to me how they, they Gallows and Anderson re-signed. Obviously, they're going to get a push because it's like the revival. We're going to do whatever we can to keep you. They put them on TV all the time. Um, but then they're not on the pay-per-view, which I don't understand. And then they uh, lose to Ricochet. Back to back. Yeah. And like, I get that because of what you're building, whether I like it or not. But like, how do you not put them on the show? Because they're going to be in his corner until he tells them not to be in their corner. And then you do this hot angle with Ziggler and Owens and all that. Awesome. And not ever on the show. 
Nope. Stunner. So it's like you've you've kind of turned the corner, but then you go back to forgetting what you're doing. So I, I don't know. Um. So we got so much wrestling to watch. I'm, all my free time is going to be wrestling. I between working and trying to put together a brand new store. It is what it is. I'm um, having that baby. <laughs> Um, so what, you, what, what else you got here? Do you want to you want to run over any some of this news here or uh, speaking of the WWE and the middle fingers and stages exploding and saying holy shit on TV? Uh, you know, of course, like you said, Paul Heyman kind of having his touch uh, of extreme on Monday nights here. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens, as we saw, cut a pipe bomb, which we just saw the the anniversary from uh, what was it six. Five years ago, seven years ago now, from CM Punk, uh, or you could even say from AJ Lee also, uh, you know, kind of doing his best uh, Steve Brooks impression by also, again, delivering a stunner to Shane uh, to end the night. Is this nostalgia kind of a, a, a smart move? Hell, and then the WWE is going back to Madison Square Garden where uh, they haven't sold out in many years. Hell, they haven't been there in over a decade, and they weren't really even selling out beforehand. When New Japan comes, sorry, Ring of Honor, New Japan comes, sells that bitch out in, what, a day, if that. Um, and they're trying to get, you know, it's it's just like they're, they're retreading. And, and, of course, they're doing the stuff, you know, to counter all elites, even though they're not a threat. I mean, do you think this hint of nostalgia that they're doing, you know, again, with the hires, uh, you know, of, of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman uh, back into the company to run these shows, uh, is this going to do anything to you? Has these stunts so far in the last week done anything for you? Or are we just jaded, cynical marks? The AJ Styles turning on Ricochet thing was, was awesome. That whole and the whole slapping in the back and the club antagonizing Ricochet and AJ, that was the best segment I've seen in probably five years on a WWE television show. Like that was the best build. I am officially invested in Ricochet AJ Styles now. Mm-hmm. It took him forever to do it. I mean, there's been good things like we've always said. Like I thought it was hilarious watching Charlotte kick Ronda's face while she's handcuffed in a cop car. I thought that was a cool segment, but like, it didn't sell me on the match because I didn't want Charlotte in the damn match. Excuse me. But here's where the thing is. It just throws me off is like, you almost have to try something drastic. I mean, you know, there's talks. PG's gone. They're getting rid of the PG era or the PG rating. Now they're going to do more. You know, you mentioned the Holy shit thing on TV. I don't, I don't think you have a choice. And when you're going to bring back Paul Heyman and to whatever impact Eric Bischoff's going to be doing on SmackDown, you have to let them do what they do best. Otherwise it's a waste. Otherwise you're just basically telling us that you're giving us something we want, but we're not going to let them do anything and you're not going to know the difference. Or we, we think you're not going to know the difference because you don't, you'll think it's them booking. So you'll choose to like it. No, you can tell what Paul Heyman has booked. You know, I thought it was extremely well done. The thing with Almas and Becky and Rollins on the floor where Becky takes the shot for Rollins. Almas plays the remorse card for a second. Rollins blasts him, checks on Becky. Rollins, or then uh, uh, Almas takes over. 
boom, tears him apart. We get Zelina Vega doing the Hurricane Rod on Rollins. It ends up going in, and we get the victory. Great match. It worked, and it wasn't over the top. It was, hey, simple shoulder block, nothing, no biggie. Him going, God, didn't mean to do that, whatever. But it, but it was effective, and nobody was offended. Like, I didn't see any sponsors going, oh, my God, she got shoulder blocked. It's pro wrestling. We say this all the time. It's not like he rung a chair over her head. As so, Impact just did with main eventing a show with, you know, uh, intergender match with Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard, by the way. Oh, but it, that, that's on that um, that's on that website that I sent you a few couple months ago. I, I heard it was really good. I heard Once Again Slamversary was great. I just, you know, something had to give, and that was what I didn't watch. But I am going to go back and watch it. I heard it was really good. So I want to check that out. Um, but it's, 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 that's what you expect. And I'm fine if you got to go back to what works because I want to see good television and it's a whole different crop of people. So it's not the same people doing it. Uh, but then again, there's still the stuff where you can tell that it's the same old people writing it because it's just so bad. And that's what always scares me is like, when do they actually just, just turn the page and go, look, we got to start doing this and we got to do this correctly. Because when you sprinkle in these little bits and pieces, the last two raws, you're telling the fans what Paul Heyman's booking and what he's not booking. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what you're making us think. And, and you're, you're going to end up pushing the fans to going, get these guys out of there. Why are you not just giving it to the guy that you hired? And now you're going to get the backlash anyway. Because now you're showing us that there's stuff that he's touching that is really good, and we're finally seeing good stuff on Mondays again. But then you're having all these other dipshits do things. Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I, I'm, I'm excited for it, because I'll tell you what. Like I said, I'm, I am invested in Ricochet AJ Styles going on that. I love the revival being Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. I mm-hmm. love it. And and it's I don't care that it's a blatant ripoff of them with the with the chains and the 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 chest hairs hanging out of the button up shirt and they're even carrying the titles on their side like the Horsemen did. I don't yeah. care that McIntyre and Shane and and those two are like the Horsemen. If you want to do it right, put a fourth guy in there. Have Shane be JJ Dillon. Put Dolph Ziggler in there for all I care as your secondary guy. And run it with those four. I don't care. Put Sami Zayn in there. It would be entertaining. But I love, I love this. I don't want to see Shane McMahon wrestle Undertaker Roman Reigns again. But I love the backstage stuff because it's like, God, these, these guys feel important. They finally made the revival and McIntyre feel important in a backstage mm-hmm. segment. And that's something they failed on. Alistair they're making Black. the tag team championships mean something. Make it feel yeah. like it means something. And even if you don't have them defended all the time, at least you have your champs on TV walking around carrying the titles. Mm-hmm. So at least Agreed. we see them. It's, it's, it's way different than that crap with the women's tag titles. Sue Williams, we, you know, you shouted him out earlier. Sue Williams tweeted, the Iconics really paying homage to the old uh, former women's champions um, in, the, in the heydays. And it shows, like, the Glamour Girls didn't defend the titles for six months before defending them against the Jumping Bomb Angels. Like, that's kind of <laughs> what that is, you know? So it's, it's just, it's, it's light and day, and, and we can tell the difference. And that's where I'm in my head. I'm going, they, they don't realize that we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and they so, have to. And I think Heyman, he has his, he's always had his, uh, you know, his finger on the pulse. You know, no matter what era, you know, and and whether I I was in a Paul Heyman a wormhole where he was doing some uh, British, uh, you know, kind of Q and A's, and again he just has everything on the pulse. This was a few years ago, and he he was like, hey, Will Osprey, continue doing your thing in Japan. I got a contract from Evolve right here. Whenever you want to make the jump to the states, like it was awesome. If if they want to keep this up and and if the rumors are true and the I mean they're going to be on up up down down Xavier Woods show in like a week because they're advertising it or he is on his on his channel like if you really want to make this count and you want to let Heyman do what Heyman does the Raw after after Extreme Rules Becky Lynch should win the main event like she wrestles. I can't be Lacey Evans because that'll be the end of it, but I don't even know who's on Raw, so I guess I don't have a good answer. You know, she beats somebody in the main event. And after the match, have Ronda walk back down and do Becky Ronda fight. SummerSlam. Oh, my that crowd popped their ass off for that. And then, you, you know, and if, you know, then, then, you know, if Ronda still wants to do the baby thing, great. You bring her in for this, this five weeks. And then she finally puts over Becky clean one-on-one and then she goes away and does the family thing because they haven't mm-hmm. started it yet. She's, she's posting videos, beating up wrestling bunnies. She's going to be on up, up, down with Xavier Woods. She's got the itch. Have her come put over Becky then and, and have them make some money. I'm sure Ronda will get a pretty penny for doing it. That's your main event. And who helped yeah. around the Rousey out during that time? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Who, and the then- rumor that we've been reading. That she's excited to get the have the wrestling itch back is because of Paul Heyman and the raw control. And then so there bring, you back, go. Bring, bring back Sasha and then do Sasha Bailey at, at SummerSlam. Let's get okay. heel Sasha throwing bitches around like Nico Satamora and, and Dash Sago and, and all that. And and yep. let's let's there we go. Now we have two matches. Guess what? I'm invested for. You know, and guess what? Those are your two main events. Sorry, yeah, guys, you, but those are your two main you events. Have, you know, you could have, uh, you could do, you could do a, a, a some kind of a gimmick with AJ and Ricochet. Because mind you, once again, here we go. We have ten matches on Extreme Rules, right? Mm-hmm. There's only three hardcore matches. There's a Last Man Standing, a No Holds Barred, and a Extreme Rules match. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five regular matches and a handicap match and a triple threat match. Why are you still calling it Extreme Rules? And this is where the ass backward booking comes into play. This wasn't great balls of fire. <laughs> you know, give us and then give us Gulak and uh, Akira Tozawa on SummerSlam. You know, there's a Ooh. lot of things they could do with this. Let's and you know, apparently I didn't watch it, but apparently they had Nakamura thrash uh, Finn Balor. Yes. Let's yeah. do Nakamura Balor at SummerSlam. Let's get these people in, interested again. And like Nakamura said, hey, I think the fans forgot about me. Don't forget about me. And you should bring that, that, that strong style back. I mean, him and Balor, I read a report, you know, on, you know, everyone else I'm sure did, that people are pissed backstage on Finn Balor's placement. I forgot he was Intercontinental Champion. I haven't seen him since him and Andrade had that sleeper match of the night, that super blowdown or whatever the hell that was called over in Saudi Arabia. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, 
That's how you build Balor. We don't need the demon. He can do the face paint, but we don't need that demon garbage. Just him and Nakamura, New Japan, 2014. Boom. Let's go. Yeah. So there's a lot of good. And this is this is one of the first, like, motivational, positive things I've said about this company. Like, I've said good things recently because I've had a couple better matches here and there. But I see that light at the end of the tunnel finally slowly emerging. Don't screw this up. And then just think if you, because Balor's not even on this pay-per-view. So if you do Balor and Nakamura, which he's your intercontinental champion, by the way, but if you push Balor and Nakamura for the IC championship at SummerSlam, Hey, I don't, I don't think AJ should beat Ricochet yet, but Hey, you have the good brothers coming out during that match. That's how you get the actual club together. All four men, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows set up as that ultimate team. And then, you know, none of this wild card BS, you know, hopefully that'll be all straightened out by the fall and then Survivor Series. Like you said, you sent me that, or like you sent to me that uh, Undisputed Era. <laughs> I know that's a dream match, which we're going to get to here in a second. But damn, that's how you you slowly build it into Survivor Series. Yeah. So, they, they, like, WWE, man, I'm giving you a thumbs up from my desk. Right now, you got a chance to do something. Don't don't screw it up. <laughs> Woo! That would be amazing. Spe- speaking of nostalgia, um, the E posted on their Twitter, uh, I believe on the 4th or the 5th or what have you, a uh, picture of Sting and The Undertaker in the ring. Of, cr- of course, it was uh, a Crow Sting, but... Um, of course, they then I believe they had a what if show, you know, if they ever did wrestle in their prime. Ryan, you know my feelings on Sting. Uh, I know your feelings on current Undertaker, but in their prime, Ryan, say circa 2001, Sting Undertaker, who do you got and how? Uh, it depends who books it. <laughs> say you're booking it. If, if it. So it's not like WWE or WCW? There's no Vince. There's no none of that. Say you put them, you know, in in a ring. How do you book that match, and who wins? Look, I think I think Sting in his peak was one of the one of the top guys in wrestling. He, mind you, he had guys like Ric Flair to help him get there. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, Undertaker's Undertaker. Undertaker's got to win. But I I like I I was a bigger Sting fan than Undertaker. Um, Undertaker had more psychology. But Sting was so athletic. I tell you this, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna predict the future, Alex. I'm gonna predict it. I'm putting it down uh, at two <laughs> hours and, Yep, two hours and fifty three minutes into this show, they're doing this because they're gonna do Sting Taker the next time they're in uh, whatever city in Saudi Arabia they're at. So they're going to suspend their concussion protocols for blood money. Yeah, it seems about what WWE does. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to be cleared by now, but I'll tell you this. Old Sting is going to look better than Taker and Goldberg. I will yeah, stick, I will I stick by that. that. I agree. Because that. he's not all bulky and tall and... Uh, like, he'll be... <laughs> this dude will be... Fl- I mean, look, to be fair... Him and Seth Rollins was actually really fun. And the bumps he was taking is what messed up his neck because he's yes. just old. So, 
where Goldberg Goldberg almost killed him with the with the uh, nasty Masawa style brainbuster. Um, not protected though, like Masawa. You know, Taker can barely walk, and Goldberg can't do it. Sting at that age is still flying around the ring doing the best Stinger splashes he can do. So that's the one thing I will give Sting. Love him or hate him, that dude works hard. <laughs> Those other two guys did not a work personality. hard. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, was, and, was found out at Starcast. And, and the one thing I'll say about Sting too is that was a guy who was kind of a prick, and he, you know, he he changed himself for the better, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could see it in his wrestling that he gives back to wrestling because that's what got him to the dance. Taker and Goldberg just lumbered around that ring, and you could tell it was not going to be good. Sting, Sting can at least try. Mm-hmm. You know, I so but I think that's what's going to. I think that's why they're doing it. It's because they're going to do it in in whatever Saudi Arabian city that they have next. That's going to be the match. This fall or <laughs> uh, whatever. As you alluded to uh, a few seconds ago, Sasha Banks was training with uh, the Sendai girls, Miko Satomura, uh, as she posted on Twitter. She wanted to learn Japanese Joshi style. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Is this good news? Duh, it is, but wow. I think there's two good things that are going to come out of this is she hasn't been in the ring for a while. Um, and she's going to a place where Sendai girls, I mean, they, they pump out people. They may not be the, the be all end all that stardom is, but I mean, Miko Satamora's there. Millie McKenzie's there. She's one of the tag champs with Charlie Evans. Um, Chihiro Hashimoto, Dash Sago. I mean, you know, the, the people that they have underneath you, you look at the alumni that they have, Cassandra Miyagi, um, uh, Rio Mizunami, who we saw at Double or Nothing, one of my favorite women in wrestling, Kagetsu. I mean, it's they they pump stuff out. They they know what they're doing. If you mean to tell me that she's gonna get, get to go in there with Dash Asago, Chihiro Hashimoto, Heidi Katrina, maybe Miko Satamura, she's getting there an hour before training starts at like because they said she got there at one o'clock, flew herself there, navigated her herself to all these different shows. Um, and did this on her own time and money. This, this tells that me that passion. she's coming back. Yeah, this, this says that she's coming back and coming back in full effect. And this tells me that WWE is going to be pissed at her, and they're going to go, bah, we don't, you know, you can't do that, and she quits. And we get to see Sasha Banks and Sendai Girls stardom, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Ice Ribbon, stuff like that, Wave. Awesome. Even better, maybe All Elite. Otherwise, maybe we get her back in WWE again, and it's going to be that... I motivated Sasha where she's yes. going to, she's going to connect with these crazy things she tries to do. Cause now she's got somebody to actually help her put together this stuff. That, you could tell her mind thinks big, but she's never had anyone help her put together big. And that's what I love about her. She tries so hard. Miko Sadamura is going to go calm down, girl. Let me tell you something. And Sasha's going to come back. Like, oh. I'm happy you <laughs> like, said to calm down. Because as I texted Demetrius earlier, I said the one thing that will be beneficial on this is Sasha Banks always in her matches. In the beginning especially, always goes 200 miles an hour when she should be going <laughs> 80 miles an hour. So hopefully this you know, kind of gets some control in that style. God, I cannot wait to see her back in the ring. Uh, speaking of Slammiversary, it was the uh, last date for Tag Team LAX and Johnny Nitro, a.k.a. Johnny Impact. Uh, where do you see uh, these three gentlemen end up within a couple of months? LAX, I guess, is still under contract till August, but I guess they're probably not going to use them because they have no need for it. I hope that we see them go to All Elite 
to continue to boost that tag division. Um, seeing them with Lucha Bros, Young Bucks especially, seeing them best friends. Seeing LAX against T-Hawk and Lindemann or T-Hawk Ooh. and Shima, I'm all in for that. I think Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, Johnny Blackcraft, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, whatever you want to call him, I don't think he goes back to WWE. I think he's going to become Johnny Elite. I think you bring him in there. Wow. Why not? Why not do it? Gotta cap all of it. Yeah, that, I didn't think about that. I honestly thought him in the E would somehow. I mean, he's thirty nine, but he still works like he's you know twenty five. So um, I just gotta see. I just gotta see him in Miz. You know, I, I could see them a full circle, if you will. But yeah, all elite would be awesome. I, let me let me see Johnny Johnny Elite and Kenny Omega. Oof. That'd be fun. Um, we gotta wrap it up. We're gonna get cut off in about eight seconds. Um, we will keep keep tabs on the Twitter. We got two more shows coming out next week. G one, a bunch of wrestling. We, 